Hello, Tome Show listeners. This is your stalwart senior editor, Sam Dillon, and I am here to introduce for you a very special set of recordings, the World Tree Burns podcast. Yes, it is the official recording of the World Tree Burns game, hosted by GM Dan Dillon, friend of the Tome Show. And this recording is presented to you in conjunction with Cobalt Press, of course, and also with Encounter Roleplay. Ah! Hey, it's me, Snurg! I don't really like Noble Knights that much, but NobleKnight.com is okay by me. You know why? They got tons of products for me where I can just be hiding in dungeons and stuff like that. Also, it's it's really, really cool. I get to find all these bestiaries that I can fill my dungeon with and all kinds of goblin miniatures. So check out Noble Knight. They'll even buy old gaming products that you aren't using anymore, and they're awesome. NobleKnight.com. Make sure you tell them the Tome Show sent you. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Encounter Roleplay. My name is Will. I'm a D&D sex icon. I'm back today for yet another episode of Cobalt Press's World Tree Burns. We're back with another full custom crew because Josh has left us to be a terrible friend. Uh, but I'm here, <laughs> and the rest of us are here, and that's the most important thing. So let's go around the custom crew. Let's figure out who we are, and of course, who we're going to be playing tonight. Dan, Dylan, our DM. How's it going, my friend? Uh, it's going all right. It's going all right. I'm excited to be here. I'm ready to play some D&D. Uh, I am Dan Dillon. Welcome, everyone, and I will be your dungeon master for this evening. And fantastic. We also have Laurelania back of us tonight. Tia, how's it going? It is going great. My name is Laurelania, and I'm the world's greatest role player. Um, Josh has left because he's on his way. <laughs> oh, yay, you didn't claim it. You just said fucking sex icon, so oh, snatch. That's mine that's now. Just, that's just too... <laughs> Two McLokens now. Wow, that's oh dear, that's weird. Oh huh? no! What a shame! All the skill on this guy is suddenly gone. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not complaining. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this show needed a little bit more beards. I've been working on it the best I can. Um, Josh is actually Same. flying across country soon to come and see me, so that's why he's not here. Do not listen to Will's fucking lies. But I'm going to be playing Kari of the Cat Domain. She is a cleric, and she is a Shadow Fae, which is basically like a tiefling drow, and it's a unique race uh, to Midgard. And if you don't know all about Midgard, well, you're doing it wrong, and you need to go and check out Kobold Press immediately, because this is one of the most fun 5th edition D&D campaign settings that you could possibly play in. I'm gonna go back to my freaking zucchini eggplant lasagna now, because I'm starving. <laughs> Good. Uh, amazing stuff. Uh, we also have Cold School with us tonight. Cold School, how's it going? Hey, I am doing great. I am looking forward to this as always. I am playing Glazashin, who is our uh, Trollkin uh, wizard uh, Geomancer, who is uh, kind of uh, a little bit uh, surprised even himself with how well some of the things went in the last episode. So we shall see how this uh, moves forward uh, onto the new and excitement that we have. Fantastic. And of course, we have McLoken of this night. Loke, how's it going, buddy? Uh, I'm not here. I am only here uh, because you perceive me to be here. And what are we but perceptions? But, hey, I'm playing Cloak. <laughs> that is such a gnome thing to say. Oh, what are we just, but we're just perceptions in our own minds. Are we 
Yes. Where did that come nice. from? <laughs> that was fucking amazing. <laughs> um, I'll be playing Cloak tonight, who is a uh, a gnome who's not mischievous and he doesn't wisecrack and he plays it by the rules and he never does anything wrong or lies. Well, sometimes he lies. <laughs> right. Great stuff. Uh, well, as for myself, I'll be playing Riodan, the Ampere cleric, who was out last week, but now he's back, better than ever. Uh, and I'm here to have some fun and to see exactly what happened last time and how badly things have gone. I hear that I carried the team last week, despite my absence. So, uh, <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, but before we get to today's game, for I hand over to Dan, our mighty guys, of course, were sponsored today by Cobalt Press. So go and check them out. For your own Midgard 5D materials, we're playing in the world of Midgard and using the Heroes Handbook and the uh, World Book as well, so definitely go and check out cobaltpress.com some amazing third-party D&D 5e uh, supplements for your home games. Uh, and, of course, as per usual, we're sponsored here tonight by Fancy Grounds, our virtual tabletop of choice. You can go and check out their demo version for free. Then, of course, wellandgames.co.uk is a go-to destination for tabletop board games and war games. Check them out for up to 20% off. Last but not least, we're giving away a set of tabletop loot dice away every single game this season. There's over 200 sets of dice to be won, so stick around until the end and check out tabletoploot.com as a sponsor of the show as well. Uh, as per usual, you can interact with today's show, so retweet this tweet here. And of course, you can donate to Effect the Game as well by giving players Nat 1s, Nat 20s, Wild Magic Surges, and Leroy Jenkins. Uh, but I will hand over to Dan Dillon, our illustrious Dungeon Master, to take us into tonight's episode, and of course, to remind us what happened last week on the show. Righto. So, last we left our heroes, they were in the Cartways Black Market, and they were in search of a mercenary leader by the name of Vandessian Thrick, who is the leader of the Black Shields Mercenary Company, a, a group that they know had hired out some soldiers uh, on one of their first outings uh, together in this campaign. And they ran afoul of these Black Shields mercenaries along with a group of... Um, Quite nefarious shadow cultists and other shady figures dealing in dark magic and murder beneath the streets of Zobek. Uh, and so things have kind of come full circle and they're they're getting down to trying to pin down exactly who that mysterious figure uh, leading that particular ring down in the cartways was. And the Black Shields are their only real lead at this point. Uh, so they found themselves in the black market on uh, what was apparently going to be a rather uh, banner slave auction night. That is what had drawn Thrick down into the to the cartways on that evening. And the main event of that auction was a group of creatures that were unknown to our heroes and probably to many of the people in attendance, but they're known as ghost folk. Great hulking humanoids, muscles on muscles, jutting lower jaws and yellowed tusks. Um, savage, powerful, uh, would make amazing warriors if you can get them fighting for you. You'd probably have to break their spirit some first. Or pit fighters, gladiators, uh, shock troops in, a, uh, in an influential family's house guard, that sort of thing. Uh, any number of uses for uh, brutal and uh, bestial fighters such as these ghost folk warriors. Uh, and as our heroes were sort of making their way around and planning their, uh, their approach on Thrick after locating him in the crowd, 
things took a hard left as apparently the ghost folk had compatriots that had been tracking them from wherever it was that they were captured and brought up closer to the surface where they almost never come. Uh, and a, uh, a magical assault ensued that broke the ghost folk free of their shackles and actually turned the chains now animate against the uh, the Darakul slavers who were holding them and just a uh, all hell broke loose right there in the middle of the slave market. Um, there were fireballs, there were ice storms, there was ley line disruption of the ground and of the, uh, of the auction stage. There was shadow magic causing people to become confused and wander around as... Uh, as Glazishan willed it, rather than where they'd want to go. And really just a, a chaotic, confusing welter of blood and magic and death. And that's sort of where we, we pick ourselves back up now, yeah. <laughs> uh, Riodan was a little bit out of sorts. Uh, I think he'd gotten too deep into his cups, even after being up for three days straight and drunk when he arrived. So, you know, that was going to happen. Uh, he might have found one of the... Um, one of the illicit substances vendors as well, while nobody was keeping a close eye on him. And uh, his presence was made known at one point, however, when he, I would say, probably saved Kane's ass when those lashes of blood sort of came out of nowhere and exsanguinated one of the ghost folk warriors that was looking to take the other Dampier's head off. Uh, and so that is where we find ourselves now. Um, at the moment, the chaos is still pretty high. There is uh, screaming and panic. You can see now that the um, uh, that the Darakul slavers have gotten free of the chains that have finally gone slack since the uh, the, the ghost folk spellcaster's concentration was broken when she was forced to turn an ice storm loose. Uh, to cover against the other guards that were coming to uh, kill her and her um, and her compatriots. And she and the chieftain, who was pretty badly wounded, and she was near death at that point um, between your onslaught, she and the chieftain uh, teleported away. Now, a reminder that in Midgard, there is no such thing as long-range teleportation. So in D&D terms, the, the best she could have managed was something along the lines of a dimension door. So she's still somewhere in the region, but with all the tunnels and caverns in the cartways beneath Zobek, uh, I believe the decision was made to not try and track her down. Um, she and the chieftain escaped, as did one of the ghost folk warriors who managed to uh, make a break for it into the tunnels before he was killed. Um, the guards and soldiers that weren't either killed or greatly delayed by the ghost folk's magic did manage to wound several of the other warriors who ended up falling before your, uh, your various onslaughts, your blades and arrows and spells. Uh, and so they are now very quickly snapping to and restoring order now that the immediate threat has passed. And uh, you can see that the uh, the Derekul slave master in that, uh, in that black robe over his armor is throwing the chains off angrily. And you can see these great raw uh, tears at his wrists that don't really seem to bleed. Uh, where the the animate shackles had grabbed onto him and 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 pulled him into this tight bundle with the uh, uh, another kind of cadre of his guards that were there, and you can see some of those Darakul legionnaires uh, using their halberds to uh, to block people away from the stage and uh, and push people off. So where are you guys? Um, where so, are you guys? How how are you guys wanting to uh, to regroup? I think we were kind of like, you know what? We don't want to stick around as the Darakul are 
asking lots of questions. I think we were saying still get out uh, and running oh, was oh, kind of yeah. was kind of the plan because I know I yoinked my little scroll case or you know, my little items uh, from the shop that had the artifact. Um, I was you thinking did, that, yes. so the slaver captain is alive. I thought that he got ripped into. Was that someone else? The slaver captain was not ripped into. One of his guards was. Gotcha. Okay. The only reason I ask um, is because Blaz saw that he had magical armor, and that oh, might have been going, no. worth going back for. But if he's alive, no, he is. He is still alive, so to speak. The guy that was Thrick. Um, yes. Can I roll perception to see if I can see him in this uh, chaos? Okay. Uh, yeah, you can go ahead and give me a, a wisdom perception check to see if you can spot Thrick. And you know what? I'm going to give you disadvantage because of exactly all of the chaos and the fact that, you know, you took your eye off the shell <laughs> while the uh, mm-hmm. while all of that, that craziness was going on. That's understandable. Let's see what we get here. Uh, hey, not bad. Level 16. <laughs> all right. That's a 19. All right. Um, so, Cloak, you actually... Uh, I'm going to say that given your stature, you kind of scramble up you, uh, your choice on what you want to climb on. You can grab onto one of those scaffoldings nearby that the guard platforms are up on. There's a few of them that have been swept clear of guards by the uh, the ghost folks magic and the ice mm-hmm. storm. Thankfully, at this point, the uh, the great massive, you know, grapefruit sized uh, chunks and shards of ice have uh, evaporated so that you can move through it and you're not trying to climb on anything crusted in ice. So you can climb up on one of those or uh, you could get up on a stall or maybe climb up onto Glazishin's shoulders, uh, however you want to do to uh, to get kind of a look over the crowd. Otherwise, all pretty much all you're going to be able to see um, is crotches and knees. I think I think he would definitely climb Glass's shoulders and like stand on top of it and like get like Hmm. And like that's on brand, out yeah. into the distance. <laughs> All, All right, right so Glaz, you get a boost even of. <laughs> yeah, you're you're startled for a moment as you feel a, a weight kind of on your side, and you look, and it's it's uh it's cloak kind of scampering up your robe and uh, planting his feet on your belt, and uh, and so he uh, he scampers up to your shoulders and uh, and kind of places a hand on top of your head to steady himself, and then starts uh, starts scanning the crowd. Uh, and I will say that across the cartways, since it all is is very well lit because of those uh, continual flame chandeliers that hang up from the vaulted mm-hmm. ceiling, you can see uh, Thrick and the person who is sitting with him at the table, as well as three other individuals that you don't recognize. I mean, they just could have been faces in the crowd, but they are definitely taking a, a formation around Thrick at this point, all four of them kind of in a four-point defense around him. So he apparently had other bodyguards nearby as well. Uh, he is... He's a pretty far away at this point. He's going to be on the other side of the cartways, and if you recall, it's kind of a long uh, vault ceilinged chamber with these ten yeah. foot by ten foot square pillars that run down the center. The slave auction um, stage is built around one of them. Slave pens around another, and then farther down toward the other end, you can see one of the pillars actually has a staircase built around it that winds around and up to what looks like a house that's up on the ceiling built around this pillar hanging there. And that's where they're going? They're near the stairs of that house. They are not going uh, up those stairs, however. Are they, are they stationary or are they moving like... 
Yeah, uh, at the very moment they're stationary. However, they have this look like they're getting ready to beat feet. Um, they're they're sort of leaned together and they're having a little bit of a, a huddle or a conference, even as the the four bodyguards are keeping an eye out on the surrounding. Uh, people in crowds. And the the crowd, as people push past them, a lot of people are leaving the black market at this point. They're coming through the tunnel where you guys uh, kind of made your way. And Tia and, um, let's see, Kari is definitely near the corpse of one of the ghost folk because it was in your face when you guys slew it, um, as well as several others scattered around. And you can see some of the black market guards heading your way. Uh, a mix of uh, Darakul and living living people. Mm. Um, I'm still kind of on my hands and knees because I've been bleeding profusely from getting thunderfucked by this thing. That's uh, right. Yeah. So I kind yeah. of, Kari, Kari was driven down time. to one knee. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah I was, I, even after casting a cure wounds <laughs> on myself, I'm still bleeding from different places and I'm sure I've got a broken bone or two, but uh, not wanting to appear the weakling in front of her friend, she kind of grunts through it and stands. That's, a, that's when Glaz feels feels something warm on his head, and it's Cloak's blood like spilling out <laughs> onto him, and he's like, I don't uh, think we should go after Cloak right now. Come here, darlings. I'm gonna start dropping a right, kill. So, uh, yeah, at, at this point, Riodan sort of sways his way almost Jack Sparrow style out of the, uh, the throng <laughs> that's kind of drifting off to one of the other... <laughs> That imagery is so good, I'm sorry. Perfect. (laughs) The eyeliner is also perfect. That's how I picture him right now. It looks like he's like been crying drunk in a corner. That Uh, was fucking incredible, (laughs) let me tell you. Oh my god. (laughs) Right, uh, why is everyone bleeding? Um, and I'm gonna yeah, so Rita, you're not really sure what's going on here, but your friends are fucked up. <laughs> oh my god, it's Drunky! Oh my god, Drunky's coming up. up the night feel. <laughs> right, uh, uh, let's see. Um, I'll, I'll drop a cure wounds onto Carrie if she looks like she may she's maybe the worst right now. Pretty sure Kari and Cloak are bloodied at this point, still below half hit points. I, I have... F- I'm at 20 wounds out of 25. Um, He's gonna... Yeah, yeah you... I look better than he does, then. Well, I have a rib cake probably sticking out from when the fucking ghost folk hit me. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, okay, yeah. in that case, if, yeah. So, a- occasionally, when you've seen Cloak fight, you he fights with one uh, his weapon in one hand. His other hand is usually wrapped around his, his red cloak that he used almost like a duelist's cape, kind of to, to whip around and parry blades and distract his foe. Every now and then, his cloak seems to move of its own volition, and you guys have traveled and fought together enough that you've started to notice this every now and then. It's very subtle, and it doesn't happen terribly often, but you know you start to pick up on it over time. And you can see that on the left side, the, the hem of his cloak is sort of balled up and pressing itself into his side to staunch the flow of blood from one of his wounds. Bloody hell. Uh, come here. You, uh... Give this a go. See if this still works. Uh, try that. Oh, balls. <laughs> <laughs> My magic is clearly a little off. Uh, as I heal him for four. I thought you should drink more. He reaches uh, out to touch you, Cloak, and he kind of misses the first time and closes one eye and then comes uh, back at it and manages to put his hand on you. Blood, blood heal. There you go. Seeing that Riodan uh, is healing him, I'm going to go ahead and cast Cure Wounds at level 2 on myself. 
All right. So three. So and another, yeah, there you go. Three. Yeah, that'll put me almost back to. So I feel my bones like knitting together and being revitalized yeah, call, and that kind of. The, the wolf sort of like, spreads spreads through your body and it just washes away the pain and fatigue and leaves you with just sort of a dull ache where these where these terrible wounds were before. The rest of you, you can hear a little pop as one of Kari's ribs sort of snaps back into the correct alignment oh, and, and heals. Yeah, <laughs> right. worse. Cloak up on uh, up on Glass's shoulders. You kind of t- mm, he's frozen. Is he still here? No, he's moving. All right, good. Uh, <laughs> you're just you're just still as a statue. Uh, you can see uh, as you kind of look up after uh, taking your your healing from Riodan, You can see that Thrick and his guards are sort of scanning the crowd, and he looks directly at you, like his eyes sort uh, of. I- Lock onto you from from across the can room. I, across. Can I roll a deception here? And uh, the sure. deception is to make it seem like uh, as we were like to make it fe- seem like I was scanning and her eyes met at that moment and look at him funny Rather, and then kind of start scanning. You were staring at him. <laughs> You're trying to cover that oh. you were staring at him. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Give me a charisma deception. Uh, I rolled a six, so that would be a nine. It fell off the board. No, oh, that's fine. All right, uh, nine. So um, hard to tell. Maybe he bought it. Um, it's kind of far away. You can't really get a good read on his expression. But he does kind of uh, lock gazes with you and continues to look at you even after you kind of move your eyes past like you were trying to, to make like you weren't really looking for or at him. Um, so his, his attention is currently on you. Well, guys, um, I think this is the point where we need to, and I'm like kind of like talking on my altar. I think we need to explain out of here because Strick is staring at me right now. And I'm like looking at like the sea and like looking up at the the thing, but like having him in my peripheral and like going like, I think, and I don't think we're in a condition to hurt right now. I don't know about you guys. What do you think? It glass at this point, if he's gotten his pearl and uh Oh yeah. And we I see that peep that we now have Rio done and I assume that we've got uh you know, everyone is sort of together now. You know, the everyone has been saying all along, towards the gate, out of here. So I think Glaz is like I think we should go. This was not this this was very lucky that this does not go much, much worse. <laughs> Yes. Right. It is time to leave. Um, and also, that looked really, really bad, Kari. And you're dripping on my it, head. It <laughs> felt worse than it looked, Glass. But you did oh, very well. I'm so proud of you. Well, it, it, we, I'm pretty good at making it tough for people to chase after me. It, uh, it's an old skill from the school days. <laughs> um, from where oh, you're the big guy, they like to play hard and a half for a second. Oh, <laughs> they like to play pie on a troll kid. Well, why don't Thrick we go can, and pile on to sleep? Um, Thrick can, Thrick can see Glass right now, right? Uh, I mean, Glass stands a little bit over most of the crowd. Well, all right, a fair bit over most of the crowd, but. I mean, does Glass tend to walk tall, or does he kind of slouch down a little bit when he's walking and talking with his shorter compatriots? Um, I mean, I think he probably, in this case, since uh, 
since Cloak has crawled up there, probably, you know, I think we've probably done this for him to get a better view of even if it's just the way to oh, the sure. library or through the crowds. Mm -hmm. He's probably standing tall. Um, but like, and, like say when Cloak hops off, because I think Cloak, you said you were getting, you're, you're intending to get down. Is that right? Or no, I want. I, well, um, I, I'm intending for everyone to run different directions because oh. <laughs> that's what you do when you cheese it and you get found by the fuzz, man. Um, so um, at this point, like he would take note that uh, Thrick can see Glaz and Cloak. Um, yeah. So um, he would be like, Glaz, um, just turn around, start rocking. Just turn around, start rocking. Just turn around, start rocking. That's what I was planning on doing anyway. You don't have to tell me that. I'm ready to get out okay. of here. Yeah, no, because <laughs> bad people might be chasing us, so we should go. Well, I can cast another spell if we need to, but it probably oh, is not going to happen. Catch me up. I should be more subtle. subtle. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, uh, Glass. Uh, so, uh, subtlety is not your specialty. Um, that's a oh, let's go the hedgehog, hedgehog, and he's purposely not trying to move his mouth because he doesn't know. Well, remember that your mouth is your mouth is mostly covered oh, by yeah. your mask, so so you're pretty exactly. good on that front. Okay, you're you are essentially not lip readable. He's like, oh, do you want to go back to the six club and go play a game with that one lady? Well, I, at this point, I just want to be not here. Well, <laughs> we should get out Sorry, of here. starts walking away. It's such a good day, and they went and right. ruined it. So I'm, I'm going to, I know that uh, Cloak was talking about everybody going a different way. That sounds like a recipe for you all getting hopelessly lost in the cartways, since yeah. you guys pretty much know the way you came in here, and that's about it. So yeah, that's um, the only way that Kari knows to go. So that's the way she right. she's leaving. The way yeah. that she sees right. it so is think... there was just a big fucking comeuppance, and as long as we leave, they probably won't follow us. And if they do, we can jump them in the tunnel. Okay, so as you guys are heading out, uh, Cloak, you kind of take a, a subtle look back, and you can see mm -hmm. that Thrick is trying to move through the uh, through the crowd in your direction, but isn't making very fast progress because of all the people and guards and everything, just all the brouhaha happening in the in the black market right now. Okay, um, shit. I had an idea, but I'm not a rogue, and I need my cloak. So, um... <laughs> yeah, you don't want to take that off. I have an idea. Um, yeah. So, uh, as there's already been a ton of disruption and there's been this black pearl and everything else, Glass, uh, sort of right at the sort of throat of this, uh, seeing as the ground is already all kind of messed up, is going to um, just throw some mold earth at it just to make it difficult terrain, uh, if I can, as a can just the cantrip, just to make oh, sure. it, you know, just to, you know, just to sort of scatter more stones around to sort of make it even more that maybe some of this crowd people will trip that type of stuff to sort of make yeah. it more and more difficult to get across yeah absolutely okay so as you guys walk uh glass starts muttering and like snapping his fingers and and holding his palm out over the ground and you can see that the um the 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 bricks that are kind of laid into this almost herringbone pattern that make up the floor in this in this tunnel leading into the the cartways black market the bricks start to shake and then shift themselves up and down in these random little juts that make it uh, pretty difficult to walk over and create lots of little uh, gullies and crannies to catch your toe and roll your ankle in 
Let's get out of here. And so you guys make your way down the tunnel. Uh, Whoever's keeping an eye out behind you, the last thing you see far, far down on the other side of the uh, black market, around that uh, that pillar with the staircase and the house built up at the top of it, a door at the top of the staircase opens, and you see that dapper Derekul that you folks talked to in the cafe, uh, Radu Underhill, sort of cautiously looks out of the house and then steps down onto the stairs, pulls the door closed, kind of straightens his clothes and starts coming back down into the market. And mm. that is probably the last you see of it as you turn, uh, as you head down into the darkened tunnel and turn a corner. That person that knows that we have the drugs went back into the courtyard. I don't, I don't know if I would be so confident going back in. It seems strange. Um. Way too high for all of this. Not high. Well, that was certainly convenient that he was not in the in the fray during that. I'm so glad that our new friend uh, didn't get caught up in all of that horribleness. Yeah, nobody was yes. paying attention to him, but he cut out at the first sign of trouble. He noped on out of there. <laughs> um, it might what, what not is- be so important. Well, because he works in the area, that he would have a quick escape route. It was very crowded, but the, yes, I, what he probably knows how to take care of himself. I'm sure he. Uh, there's no way he could have known that such a horrible thing was going to happen. Hmm. I don't know. Uh, Sometimes, if if you're wise, you can see danger before it happens. And either a you're in the thick of it, or b get the fuck up. That would be a very useful skill. Perhaps I should try to learn this at the college. So as you guys make your way out into the uh, into the tunnels, it strikes you uh, as strange how relieved you are for that sort of dank, musty, sort of moldy, wet smell in, in some of these tunnels that fills your nostrils. And you don't realize until this moment, due to all the, the chaos, how fast everything was happening, all the adrenaline, that what you were breathing back in there was basically just this thick musk of burnt hair and charred flesh in the wake of that fireball that engulfed probably 30 people in, you know, a relatively enclosed space without a whole lot of airflow. Smells like home once a month. Um. (laughs) So you guys can make your way out of the cartways and... uh, For the time being, you could give me the pearl. Someone saw you using it. They might come after you. Well, you're welcome to have it. It is quite useful. And it is shadow kind magic, of which, is your, which is your ballywick. Mm-hmm. No one is better at magic than you, Glass. And I say nice. So the, uh, the... the pearl at this point, remember, it's still icy cold whenever you pick it up. And at this point, it's not That's really pouring darkness. Magic. Yeah, it's, it's not pouring darkness off it anymore, but it has like this just sort of faint... It's like, imagine black cigarette smoke just sort of wisping off of it under your palm and then pouring down off your hand. Uh, yep, yeah, alright, so you can uh, you can snatch that up and you guys can make your way out of the cartways and head wherever you would like to go to recover and uh, figure out what your next move is. Um, so we can go back to the hedgehog or um, if we'd like to go, how, what time of day is it at this point? We, we waited till nighttime, right? So the auction market. itself started at midnight. You guys got there a little early to kind of recon the place, see if you could find the guy you were looking for, and um, 
and just kind of get the lay of the land. So uh, when the ghost folk were brought out, it was midnight. There was a half hour of uh, showing off the wares time. Uh, and then all hell broke loose. So we'll call this probably, uh, by the time you get out of the cartways, we'll call it quarter to one. I think I might, shall we go back to uh, our room at Miss Miss Kettlewistle's? I could use some rest. I'm kind of tapped after uh, all that spell casting. It was quite strenuous, but... uh, well, Back to the fuck house for me. If anyone wants any more administrations and healing, then I suggest you come along with myself and I'll do my best to stay awake and heal you. Uh, as you say that, uh, you look at Cloak, and as he's like out of the cartways and we're out of the cartways, Cloak is like... <laughs> <laughs> is he asleep on glass? <laughs> yeah, it's happened before. <laughs> All right. That is both simultaneously precious and what the fuck. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So it sounds like everybody wants to go turn in for the night and then kind of regroup the next day. Yep. Uh, Glass will just uh, for expediency because he's got, he actually does have a level one spell slot left. um, Mm -hmm. Will actually cast identify, or I guess I'll open up this, I'll open up this, little pouch and uh, uh, tube, scroll tube that I I joined. Oh, sure. Uh, All right, so inside, um, as you pick it up, it's basically just a plain, unadorned leather scroll tube. Uh, As you kind of heft it and move it around, you can feel something rattle inside. You pop it open, and you can see that there is, in fact, a scroll or roll of parchment of some sort uh, tucked in there. And in the bottom, there is something loose and relatively heavy, just kind of shaking or rattling around inside there. Well, that is interesting. Uh, he dumps it out into his hand. Kind of pour it out. He... All right, so what comes tumbling out of this, uh, out of this boiled leather tube is uh, quite heavy when it plops into your palm. It is a little tablet of iron probably two inches by one inch by about, I don't know, quarter inch, a little more thick. And it has a rune stamped, hammered into one face of it. Uh, is this something that Glaz maybe have seen in Bemia before? So your, your Bemian scholar background focus is in runes and like runes and glyphs, right? Yep. Absolutely. Okay. Then, yeah, uh, then you recognize this without any particular check uh, or anything like that. This is a Northlands rune, and hear the capital R when I say rune. This is one of the rune magic, uh, one of the rune magic runes. Uh, and this one... Glass <laughs> gets a little chill. <laughs> <laughs> so this one uh, you recognize as the rune Awaz. It uh, represents horses, freedom, and the Nithing Pole. Uh, it looks like an M. That one. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so you know that, uh, yeah, th- This, if you learn how to properly invoke this rune, uh, it can create interesting uh, magical effects. And you might have to take some time studying it to, to really unlock the, the properties of this word, this rune, and, uh, and, and learn how to um, bring them to bear. Yeah, uh, Glass is very excited, and he wants to tell Cloak, but Cloak is sleeping, and so he just sort of, oh, oh. but Cloak, <laughs> I will tell you in the morning. And, uh, and then you almost forget that there is, in fact, uh, also a scroll in the scroll tube. 
Oh, uh, yeah, he probably is. He's probably going to try to find some place to put it, uh, like inside of one of his pouches and stuff, and picks sure. up the scroll case thinking, oh, I'll just store it here, and goes, oh, right, and sees that there is a scroll inside. Yes. Um, okay, so you pull pull that out and take a look at it, or are going to worry yeah, about absolutely. that later? All right, so you pull it out, and um, why don't you make me an intelligence arcana check? Okie dokie. Ooh, that's mm-hmm. only a six. Not so good. All right, so there is a um, an interesting sort of uh, when you pull the the parchment out and unroll it. Um, there is an interesting kind of arrangement and diagram uh, on the sort of the top part of the scroll, and then some incantation below it. Uh, at first glance, you're really not sure what to make of it. You'll probably have to uh, spend a little time, uh, you know, carefully going over magical? it to see what it's doing. Yeah, with it being magical, but I will tell you. With that, it does not look like a spell scroll. Oh, okay. It does not look like a spell scroll. Okay. Uh, diagram on top, incantation below. Mm-hmm. And yeah, if you want to cast Identify on it, you can. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, so I will. Uh, I've got it with my last first level spell slot. I will go ahead and cast it, not even do the ritual because he's about to go to bed. Okay, so you uh, you take a moment, you you speak the words, you run the uh, the pearl <laughs> over the over the parchment, and uh, the ink glows this bright sort of orange uh, to your sight, and the meaning of it just kind of flows into your mind. Uh, this is a scroll of protection from aberrations. Ooh. So I'm not and typing that's, uh, that's, Sure, sure. Uh, that's in the Dungeon Master's Guide. Um, basically, anyone can read it. It creates a bubble around you that aberrations cannot enter. Very cool, although that, that you never know what you might bump into when you are out the south side of the city. And he puts that uh, in, you know, sort of again one of his little pouches underneath of his big uh, his big sort of moose skin that he ke- uses as his spell book. So, sure. Uh, if it's all right with Riadan, because I think I gave all my gold to the rest of the party in one of our previous episodes, I'm going to go and crash in his room and just like catnap at like the end of the bed, kind of just curl up and just be like, good night. Even if I'm sleeping in like full armor, it's been a long time since we've slept. Fine by me, darling. Yep, yep. Thank you. All right, so you can all uh, you can all make your way back to your respective abodes. Um, Glaz, once you get home, uh, Puff Puff is sort of prancing excitedly. Uh, you can actually hear her claws kind of skittering against the door uh, as you're as you're walking up the the walkway. And then there's a and she teleports. <laughs> she appears outside the door, sort of jumping at you and and, and sure. yipping happily. Cloak is asleep. Let's let him sleep. You can say hello to him tomorrow morning. It'll be good. So, so, so when you say that, she stops jumping and her, her tail continues to wag and knock into your leg and the door frame as she goes by. But she, she calms down a little bit and, and goes quiet. Uh, quite yeah, so she follows evening. you inside. Yeah. yeah, we've had quite an exciting evening. I'll tell you all about it. And It's uh, nice to have a dog that can let herself out when you're gone. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so Glaz actually, you know, sort of sort of uh, puts uh, Cloak on uh, on his bed on on Cloak's bed, and then Glaz, you know, it, Glaz is one of those people. It takes a little bit of him to like wind down because his brain is just kind of it, always yeah. on. So yeah. he does sort of like quietly tell the story of their day <laughs> to uh, Puff Puff because. That's who's listening right now, <laughs> and that's Puff kind Puff of what listens and listens attentively, and even like gives little 
uh, little yips and not not really whines, but you know, dog noises, sort of at appropriate yeah. moments. Gives me the question questioning look mm -hmm. when I need to elaborate. Oh no, I'm mm -hmm. sorry, I skipped over that part. Let me remind you. So we were there, and there was this Mr. Underhill guy, and he knew all about that stuff, that kind of sticky, stuffy, uh, pasty stuff that was like like a mushroom. Powder. That is very powder, very powder. expensive stuff. Yeah. So uh, yeah. anyway, I just right. you know, I could I could I could reenact the whole thing, but we all know what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. We know we know what happened. Uh, all right, so the uh, the two of you heading to the Silk Scabbard. Um, in the course of all of that business, you've kind of gotten separated from Kane. Um, not terribly concerning, you know, that he just kind of goes off and does his own thing fairly often, probably better than half the time. So he's he's gone off to wherever he's going to go, uh, hunker down and lick his wounds because he he I think took it the worst of anybody in there since he ate that fireball full in the face. Um, uh, and you two uh, sort of peel off and thankfully the entrance to the cartways where you guys come from is not terribly far from the Silk Scabbard. So you have just a short walk uh, through the relatively pleasant spring night. Um, there's sort of a, a, a low cloud cover that's rolled in and it smells like rain, but it hasn't sort of opened up yet, if you know what I'm talking about. Just this kind of cool breeze and this uh, just sort of refreshing sort of smell of incumbent rain. That, uh, that kind of, despite, you know, the, uh, the, the weather, it just kind of gives you that pickup. And uh, mm -hmm. so you make your way to the, uh, to the Silk Scabbard. Um, at this point, Riodan, you're probably coming down nicely uh, and, and uh, getting back a little bit more to your senses. Uh, and that's when you realize that you have a little bit more of whatever it was you've been smoking. Um, you apparently uh, bought enough for, uh, <laughs> for, uh, for a bit. Uh, and maybe, maybe tonight's not the night for it. <laughs> Why do I do these things? I don't know. Uh, oh, I know if why. Want, uh, I can hang I, on to it for you. I say, reaching out my hand. Oh, I don't know. Perhaps save you from yourself? How about we just damn ourselves together, darling? Wouldn't that be more fun? Cory thinks for a second. She's not really a drinker, <laughs> but she's not opposed to opening up for experiences everything is an experience she kind of seems like she's on the edge about it like she's not really sure to say yes or no it's mm -hmm. absolutely awful but the best thing you'll ever do <laughs> all right so uh, <laughs> what is it? This, uh so this stuff that you bought you know that it's called a cory a-k-o-r-i a cory uh, and it is basically you smoke it, and it's a moderate hallucinogen. Hmm. Uh, I think at this point we don't take it, but we like set like <laughs> we Planet. say like Planet. a, a drug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Smoke it's like rationing how much we have left. This is just like college, man. If we have right, just nice. enough for this. <laughs> It's high on Friday. <laughs> it's, right. it's been, it's been a it, bit of a night already. Yeah, we take it at 9 p.m. It hits in at 10 p.m. We get to the club at 11 p.m. Yeah, it's... <laughs> yeah, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm it laughing because I've seen that slow. on TV. Laz has no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> yep. yep. To always follow Tall the Twitch. Tall Skull just gives us a dead head shake. <laughs> 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 I'm all right. So you guys are admitted to the Silk Scabbard uh, with no trouble. It's 
Uh, it's it's pretty well into festivities there. You can so when the door slides open, just that wall of sound of people out at the out, out at the bar, out at the club, just sort of rolls out and hits you. Uh, you go in. There's people at the bar. There's people at the gambling tables, both on the first floor and at the second. You can hear uh, shouts of joy when somebody wins a hand, and groans of dismay, and the clink and clatter of coins uh, changing hands when they hit the table. And it looks like they're there's a pair of uh, pit fighters, one of them dragging the other out of one of the uh, one of the arenas. And so you guys can kind of push your way through and uh, and make your way up to your up to your room. Rio Dan. Absolutely. I, I would love that. All right. So you guys can uh, can hunker in for the evening, get yourselves a nice, delicious long rest recover all of your resources, and get your hit points back. You'll wake up in the morning, some of you feeling bruised and battered, but much better than you do now. Uh, in particular, Rio Dan, you're going to feel like a new man in the morning because I think it's th- two days mm. since you last slept. So uh, he's probably going to be dead for at least 10 hours, and uh, <laughs> maybe I, you can like rouse him about that point. Undead, I, I like that thing. When Reardon wakes up, he's like, well, let me tell you about the theorems of life. And then he's like a scholar. And then he starts <laughs> drinking and diffuses into his normal Reardon self. Right. <laughs> uh, he wakes up. Uh, right. That's why I do terrible things. Did I? <laughs> I like look over. <laughs> I look over and Carrie's down in the middle of bed. God. I'm still asleep at this point, so... <laughs> yeah, you wake up and, and Carrie is sleeping at the end of your bed, yeah. Yeah, I'm like, Standing still, up in I, still in her armor. Is it Friday night already? <laughs> I look outside. <laughs> what, what day is it? I hear him waking up and I kind of raise from my reverie. You should be so lucky, I say. Now, where is a wash basin? You need one worse than I do. Well, Kane would be so jealous of me. Yes, uh, that's a good idea. Oh, and uh, if you're looking, if you're looking <laughs> for a, uh, if you're looking for a luxurious experience washing up, there's the Strauss Public Bathhouse, actually not too far from where you guys are now, which has uh, ranging from simple baths to like full spa treatment, private kind of. Deal. Don't mind if I do. Actually, it's been a long <laughs> and smelly road, and I don't think Kari <laughs> has had a bath since before she went to go and see what's his name. I have it written down here. Ambassador. Nope, not on that one. I have a lot of notes here. Uh, oh, ambassador. <laughs> fuck. Okay. Oh, fuck. Nope. I'm okay. not gonna know it off the top of my head. Yep. Ambassador Philandry. Nope. Philandry. Nice nope. try, though. Uh, nope. <laughs> No, it started with like a weird E. Uh, it was a long one. Glenelandrine. Felamandrine. Damn it. Felamandrine. It's <laughs> my fucking notebook. Yeah, I haven't showered since I've been over to uh, Ambassador Thelamandrine's house. So I'm actually going to, if I know the city well enough to know that that is there, uh, I'm oh, going yeah. to the bathhouse, Raiden. I. I need a wash. Good idea. I like going to the steam house and pretending that I'm there to touch people. <laughs> you have issues that cannot be solved by therapy. I'm joking, of course. I'm actually there to touch people. Can I incite him to see if he's joking? Uh, 
Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a 20, dirty. I'm joking. Okay. Feeling much more comforted <laughs> by the fact that he is joking. I'll kind of nod. Um, I'll take off my armor and leave it to the room because these doors have locks on them. It's a pretty sophisticated place, right? I don't want to take everything with me to the bathhouse and then change there and yeah. have it in risk of being stolen, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Riordan's room totally has a lock on it. So if you want to... I mean, you, you had a room uh, in the Silk Scabbard as well if you wanted to uh, re-up I, that arrangement. Uh, did, I pay, did we pay for it? Yeah, I might re-up that arrangement. This was just because I was dead fucking tired and wanted to right. leave... Uh, and get to sleep yeah, right away. So you didn't want to deal with for the now, yeah. yeah, for now, I will leave my stuff in Riadan's room, and I'm going to actually uh, go walk over to Cloak and Glaz's room and kind of on their door. Uh, so oh, they don't have a room itself scabbard. They have a they have oh, a house do? down okay. the way. Yeah, but you know where they live, so you can go. Huh. You can go. Okay, yeah. So like. I'm gonna text oh, yeah. on them over there and then go knock on their door. Sure. Cloak would be yes, outside. You could go get breakfast first somewhere, and then and then hit the bathhouse. Uh, I, I believe Miss Kettle Whistle. They don't serve uh, food at the bathhouse. No one's gonna feed me grapes while I'm dating. Miss Kettle Whistle. I mean, they Fine. might have little stuff. They're not doing full meals. Okay. She uh, makes eggs and pancakes well, every morning for us. Miss Kettle Whistle. I think Glass uh, makes really good breakfast, though. And if he has a full house, I want to eat whatever Glass is cooking. Uh, Miss Kettlewistle's probably cooking for us, and like Cloak would be like in a, a, uh, a bucket, probably uh, with like that's like being heated up, um, and like bathing in that. <laughs> and he oh, that the... brings memories. <laughs> and then, Cloak in the uh, I just close the fan. Cloak in the week. bucket. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just in one of those little wash tubs. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so I'll right, wait to see if anybody answers the door after knocking a couple times. I'm assuming uh, that Riordan's yeah. going to come with me. Um, I, Glaz actually is going to poke his head out of uh, the main house, Mrs. Kettle Whistles, where uh, he's been up early having coffee. You know, he has early morning coffee with Miss Kettle Whistle and um, leans up hearing the knock. And um, unless you want to see a naked gnome, you might want to come over here. That is precisely actually. (laughs) That is precisely why I came. Well, not exactly why I came. He has a bucket. We're me and Riordan are going to go to the bathhouse, class. You should come with us. Leave the gnome in the bucket if you must. Oh, the bathhouse sounds nice because there's not a bucket big enough here for me. Uh, That sounds wonderful. and I looked at Miss Kettle Whistle, and I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm, could I have a piece of toast? And I, he like makes a big old like breakfast sandwich. Uh, yeah, can comes. you bring me a snack, Cory oh, Hill? Uh, I, and I, I, I looked at Miss Kettle Whistle. Is it okay? Can I take some for my friends as well? Oh, of course, of course, of course. I mean, if they want to come in and actually have some breakfast, they're so much more than welcome. You're welcome to come inside. Yes. She come says on, come in. immediately. She, uh, so, uh, so Glass is kind of like leaning out of a window, uh, and you see, so uh, a very, very short, uh, you know, halfling woman sort of whoop, her head pops up as she steps up like on a stool or something, and looks out and says, "Oh yes, please uh, come on in, both of you. There's, there's plenty. Coffee's hot. Tea, if you prefer it. Come on in." Ooh, halfling food. Yes, I go inside super <laughs> quick. 
Yeah, this is, this oh, is like yes. seventh breakfast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the only thing halflings can do right is food. Aww. Oh, and burn all this salt. All. Look at all this salt you're bringing in you to, into this halfling breakfast. Yeah. I hate so, halflings yeah, uh, as a player, okay? Oh my goodness. So, all right, you guys come in, and uh, the house is actually built to, to human proportions. So it's a medium-sized house, but the interior is kind of retrofit uh, for, for halfling life. So there are little steps kind of at places where it's difficult to get up to counters and that sort of thing for a, for a shorter uh, shorter person. Uh, and so uh, D has no trouble navigating um, all of the various uh, uh, bits of the house. So uh, she ushers you inside, and she has uh, just kind of like cur- uh, slightly curly brown hair that's just sort of swept out of her eyes and held back with a little uh, little headband, just a cloth headband. She's tied around it, and she uh, she ushers you all in and says, "Come in, come in, come in." It's I, I, oh my goodness, look at you. She's looking at Rio Den. You've gotten way too skinny. <laughs> I have been watching my shape, Miss Potwhistle. Kettle whistle. Call me D, and she uh, she kind of takes you by the hand and brings you over to the uh, to the table that have uh, she has medium sized uh, uh, chairs so you can sit on those and and sort of be comfortable and uh, and she uh, says well um, sit down let me get you something hot to drink and something very delicious to eat and so she uh, starts bringing out basically pancakes and eggs and bacon and uh, fresh fruit that she puts on your pancakes and there's a little crock of honey. All kinds of stuff going on there. So you guys can dig in and have a fantastic breakfast. Right, Whenever so, you finish your uh, your bucket brigade, <laughs> if you want um, to join your Actually, as, well. like, as soon as they go inside, um, Puff Up would be inside with uh, Miss uh, or Sweet D. Um, and then uh, I, I would, as they like go inside, he would see this opportunity, go put on his armor, and then sneak away. Okay. <laughs> All right. No problem. Uh, so you guys can finish your breakfast. Where are you headed, Cloak? <clears throat> Back the library, to the cartway. No, to the cartways. To go to see... Uh, to to um, tail, tail Frick and his people at a very good distance, if he can see them. <laughs> So, I mean, at this point, there's all, it's the next morning. There's almost no chance they're still at the black market. I mean, no, it's possible they've I, gone back there, but let me let me look at the map. So, yeah, it's morning. I would have to go back at late night, wouldn't I? Um, yeah, and and there's no guarantee they're not necessarily there like every night or anything like that. Where's the cartways on the map? There is no cartways on the map. I mean, there might be an entrance here and there noted, but it's like, like that 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 would be sort of like noting every manhole on a on a street map. You know what I mean? Um. So what I would spend uh, the day doing, um, and Pop Puff's not with me. Uh, right. I won't take Pop Up to the cartways. Um, I uh, I would just walk around nonchalantly and not going super complicated always like kind of looping back around to where i started to where i know and kind of like learning the area a little bit but um Mm -hmm. taking a note where there is the most uh uh people with the the black shield tattoos 
So, all right. So you're you're looking around for um, you're just looking around for members of the Black Shields. Um, yeah, and kind of figuring out where where they all hang out and what was up with that nice house that went up the stairs as well, and like maybe maybe asking around about that and like being like naive. Um, okay, that, that's um, my plan. Kind of it's kind of intel gathering and then getting out. Not okay. not engaging anyone. So, you know? uh, why don't you go ahead and make me a your I'll go ahead and let you make a um, a persuade charisma persuasion roll. Okay, advantage for, uh, for yep for for making your way around schmoozing people in and about the uh, the black market. So uh, at this time in the morning, uh, the black market is essentially dead. There's really not much going on there at the moment. Um, there are a few wait. individuals that essentially live there, uh, but other than that, there's not a whole lot of commerce going on. Why did that not work? Uh, I rolled a seventeen. Uh, I don't. I felt like I rolled it on the board, but let me try it again. Um, That's okay. I have an advantage. Clicked. Hold on. I, I. That was only one roll. Let's try it again here. Oh, hey, there it is. Okay. Nice. Um. So yeah, crit. <laughs> okay. Uh. So let's let's think of what all you were looking for. You were trying to learn more about that house built around the pillar, right? Uh. Yeah. Okay, so that is very easy to, to figure out that that is actually Radu Underhill's house. That is where he lives. Um, and with mm-hmm. with that check, the uh, the individual that you're talking to is actually a um, kind of a, a teenage tiefling girl. And it looks like she's sort of cleaning up both around the uh, the Cobalt Cafe and also the, um, the Cut Purse gambling tent. Uh, mm-hmm. She kind of stops and chats with you a little bit, and and you you mentioned that uh, you mentioned that house, and she says, "Oh, that's that's Mister Underhill's house. That's that's where he lives. He's uh, he's probably there now. I wouldn't necessarily want to disturb him unless you have some pretty important business or an invitation." She kind of looks around and makes sure nobody is nearby and overhearing, and she leans down and says, "So he has things in the house that protect it." You'll, you'll want to be careful of those. I, I saw someone try to go in and steal from him once. Um, no one has ever seen him again. And yeah, she she like the the color from her sort of orange skin pales a shade, and she says, mm-hmm. "I don't, I, I don't ever want to see anybody going up there again." Um, he's like, oh, no, no, I was just curious, because uh, it, it looks cool, and I, I was like, who does have that cool house? But, um, it's, it's more, um, you know, that, so I see these guys with these tattoos, and he, like, kind of leans on, and he's like, you know, they, like, they, it looks like they're, like, in a gang or something, they got, like, a, a black shield on there, and, and, uh, uh can I roll perception to see if anyone has taken note to me talking or being down here? Uh, sure. Okay. Are you tr- you're trying to be incons- inconspicuous, right? Uh, a little bit, yeah. Um, okay. It is, it is morning, so uh, oh, six. Um, uh, so, yeah, yeah. yeah totally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, you don't notice uh, anybody paying particular attention to you. Uh, so I'd be like, do you do you know where those those guys hang out? What's their territory? Oh, um, th- th- those are the Black Shields. Uh, I know that they come down here sometimes. Um, 
sometimes they have things to sell, but uh, but usually they're gonna be working maybe as bodyguards for a merchant or the or you know somebody who's looking for something a little shady. Uh, and, and you know this isn't the best place to come if you can't take care of yourself or if you, mm-hmm. you know, don't have somebody who can take care of you keeping an eye on you. And she kind of gives you sort of a direct look, like. Mm. <laughs> Um, but uh, I, I've seen them down here a little bit. Uh, I know their boss comes down sometimes. He was here last night for the slave resplendent offering. Oh. And that is a 20 power donation, a 10 against an attack. What does a 20 get for violence? <laughs> oh boy. Rock <laughs> You tell us, my friend. Uh, so, it's a couple uh, of monsters. You can uh, let us know when oh, he's, he's out there. He can whisper He's me buying or... an encounter, I see. Hmm. Bad things. So. I hope well, it's yeah, not uh, one right now. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be uh, that'd be pretty oh, brutal. What you get when you split the party? <laughs> Three monsters. Uh, all right. So yeah. Well, so so are we looking for a suggestion on what the attack is from from good Hrothgar? Yeah, Hrothgar. If you let us know, uh, either in the chat you can whisper me, and I'll forward that on to Dan. Righto. Okay. Uh... Uh, I would, but like, so when I'm talking to her, uh, I would um, very much uh, be uh, uh, kind of like looking around at the same time, be like, so, so come down here. Where are they? Where are they located? Uh, well, I'm, I'm not really sure. Um, what their you know, territory or whatever is up on the surface. Um, I do know that their boss tends to like the, uh, and she kind of looks over toward that little ramshackle building with those weird-ass little blue guys, if you remember, with the, the wispy white hair. We're kind of trying to draw people in. Uh, mm-hmm. He, uh, She says uh, he, he likes one of the... Um, you know, one of the the brothels up on up on the surface. Do you know which one? Uh, I don't, but uh, it's one of the bigger ones. I know that. Which ones are the bigger uh, ones? So, off the top of your head, she's almost certainly talking about Silk Scabbard. Okay. Hmm. Well, I'll take note of that. Um. Okay. Uh. Well. Um, where they where do they like to hang out down here, or are they just come down here for business? Um, you know, m- most people don't really hang out down here. I mean, she looks at the uh, the gambling tent. I guess some people do. They they come down there. Um, but uh, uh, I see some of the black shields um like to to go and lose their money uh in in the cut purse, and a few of them sometimes like to buy stuff from uh, a few of the, the out-of-town traders that come down here to sell things that you can't sell on the surface. <laughs> like um, some of the some of them, uh, I think, are a little bit too fond of uh, poppy draft that comes from the south. Um, okay. Um, th- he would take note of that and he'd be like, okay, well, well, I don't want to take up any more time. You seem very busy. And then he goes to grab her hand, but he palms her a gold coin. Uh, oh, okay. and, and and then goes, uh, oh, you know, you have a good rest of your day. 
And then the rest of the time with that info, he kind of wants to get an, uh, a grasp of the cartways in that general area, uh, just in okay. case they ever have to come back down there, and then uh, make his way back. Um, I don't know if Cloak heard they were going to the bathhouse. Um, I think, yeah, he did, because Kari said something outside of the mm-hmm. house while he was in the tub. Um, yep. So he would. I was pretty loud make, about it, too, so... Yeah, I want to look at gnomes. Um, and then uh, <laughs> uh, he would he would then uh, exactly. go to he would go to the bathhouse because uh, he figured All they'd right. be there by now. Okay, uh, so as you're kind of you said you're going to spend some time sort of uh, hanging out down in the cartways and like familiarizing yourself with the tunnels and twists and turns and all that stuff that's down here, right? All right. Uh, why don't you make me a wisdom survival check to see how well you can uh, can get a feel? Twenty. Hey, dirty twenty. All right. Okay. Dirty so you've got 20. a. Uh, do you you want to check like uh, all four of the entrances, exits to the to the to the black market, and just kind of get a feel for all of those sorts of areas too, not just the one you come through, right? Yeah. All right. Then I'll say that you have a, a pretty good working understanding of the near vicinity of the the uh, the black market and the surrounding mm-hmm. tunnels and i'll even say that you locate a second entrance exit into the cartways themselves up to zovac and this one will take you up into the uh, market district okay hold on let me get up my map uh where the one we came down where is that located that was in lower zovac in the ash mill area so um yeah. basically you said the market district or about- the merchant district the market district. So you okay, found one okay. that's that's basically the, the one you guys know of is basically right about at the K in Lower Zobek on the map. The one you find is closer to the actual market square there. Okay. Like two alleys above the thirty-seven on the map. Uh. Okay. Gotcha. Um. All right. Uh. Yeah. I would uh, then head back to the crew with this intel. Uh. That we we got uh and i would i would take i wouldn't go back down to just just to come out of lower zobeck i would go through the the market district um and uh find the bathhouse that they were uh gonna go uh uh get clean at okay so uh so you're making your way down through the tunnels and you can see well enough even in the the pitch black areas by virtue of your gnomish dark vision and uh you are making your way along one of these sort of tighter, more cramped tunnels when uh, I am going to make a check. Hmm. So you are startled when the silhouettes of two figures just sort of melt out of the darkness in a a side tunnel uh, in front of you as you're coming up, and they just sort of slide right in front of your way there. These uh, two kind of burly figures wearing uh, wearing leather armor, and uh, they have uh, clubs just sort of held loosely in their hand. And one of them says, going somewhere? And you hear a, a soft scuff of boots on stone, and you kind of glance behind you, and you can see two more coming up behind you. Uh, so under my cloak, I'm already like unseating my sword, uh, mm-hmm. and just looking at them and being like, "Oh yeah, uh, just uh, exploring around the city. What about you guys?" You've been exploring a lot. You've been asking a lot of questions. 
we're not really interested in that. And uh, as as they sort of talk, uh, one of them flips the hood open on a uh, hooded lantern, so light kind of flares into the tunnel, which uh, dazzles your eyes for just a moment, but you, uh, mm-hmm. you saw him kind of pulling it out from behind his back, so you were able to avert your eyes and kind of use the, the shadows of your mask to keep yourself from getting blinded by it. Um, you can see uh, kind of just rough and tumble... Um, uh, mercenary-looking fellows, and you can see a prominent black shield tattoo on one's neck. Uh, and cloak at this moment, and be like, "Well, I'm sorry, I'm not stupid enough to not ask questions." What is your intention in saying that? It's not. Are you throwing barbs? Uh yeah, because I'm yeah, cloak. You, you, That's what I do. You, you're calling. You're calling these guys idiots, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, yeah. so uh, the one sort of in front with the club snarls at you and says, yeah, we'll see where you stick that nose after I break it off your face. Let's roll and some And at energy. that point, oh, <laughs> God damn it. At that, at that point when he's, he's like snarling and like kind of like getting at his face, I wanted to lash out at him. Um, but uh, yeah, I'll roll initiative. Uh, yeah. Uh, oh shit, I'm not doing well. That's all right, I rolled a one. <laughs> Okay. Uh, so, you're doing better than me. <clears throat> All right. Uh, so, you're going to go first. Okay. Uh, the first one that's, like, going down, and it looks like he's, like, coming in as he's, like, yelling at me. Uh, mm-hmm. Literally, Cloak is... Um, well, actually, there's the guy with the, uh, the lantern that opened it up, right? Is that uh-huh. the same one? Uh, yes. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm, uh, actually gonna go for the hooded lantern. Ooh, nasty. All right. Uh, go Uh, ahead and just gonna try and smash it? Uh, I'm also using my, a, uh, uh, ability, the one that I have that I, uh, because I'm a Horizon Walker, I forget Plan- what it's Planar called. Warrior, I believe it's called. Yeah, Planar Warrior. That is correct. Uh, so All I'm right. adding that to it. So let's uh, let me find the attack. My legs like spasming, so it's really fun. <laughs> Here we go. Um, one d four. One d one. Here's my attack roll. Fuck. <laughs> that, that's that's a one. Uh, all right. So you lash out <laughs> and you. Strike the, um, you know what? Um, give me a deception check, first of all, because you were, uh, you were, you were concealing that you were even drawing a blade. Okay. I mean, give me a, a charisma deception check. Okay. So I'm going to give you advantage on that at first attack roll because they are not okay. expecting you to go after the lantern. That was a, you're not surprising okay. them, but that was enough of a shock that they're not ready for it. So you can, uh, you can roll that, that first one with advantage. Uh, here we go. Uh, I'll just roll this a second time and see what I get. Yeah, just yeah, just roll it a second time. It's fine. Uh, and uh, I rolled an eight. It fell off. Plus four, twelve. Uh, that's good enough to smash the lantern. Yeah. Um, it okay. has you know a little bit of metal, but the operative thing that you're really working on there is the glass that shields the uh, the flame. So you lash out with your blade, and there's this. Uh, you reach out around you. There's so much darkness and shadow, and you remember Glass telling you that the ley line that carries a powerful shadow road from the realm mm-hmm. of shadows has been reopened, at least to some extent. And so that energy has begun to seep 
down into the darkness below the city. You grab a hold of that and weave it around the edge of your blade. And this time, instead of that blue glow that crackles around the edge of it, it's like as you swing your sword out, it grabs like taffy some of the shadow of your cloak on the wall and wraps around Mm -hmm. the blade. And that shadow just flows into the lantern. You smash the glass and those shadows just reach out and strangle the light. And you're all plunged Uh, into pitch darkness. And I'm I'm using uh, my environment to uh, my advantage uh, by being in darkness and being able to perceive. um, Mm -hmm. And hopefully they cannot as well. Um, So their turn. All right, so currently, uh, at least some of them are blinded. Uh, where do you want to move, or are you good where you are? Um, I so two of them were in front of me. Uh, mm-hmm. I kind of, I kind of want to get in position behind them, but will they get an attack of opportunity? They can't if they can't see you. No. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm gonna get in that position behind them, uh, okay. especially the one with the lantern. And uh, I'm going to, um, yeah, and then wait there. Uh, can I, I, I probably can't do another action, but I'm kind no. of like evading in the darkness and watching them sure. and seeing if right. if they are able to perceive in the darkness or if uh, or if they're just like blind as fuck. And then, then I'll make my decision from there. Okay, so after you smash the lantern, you can see all four of them immediately go into this, um, th- this kind of minor panic that you have very rarely felt yourself, but you've seen in all of these other, you know, sort of daylight walking races more than once. Um, it looks like they're all blind. Uh, you didn't get a good look at the ones behind you, but now that your uh, your eyes sort of adjust and the gray scale uh, picks out of them, it looks like they're all four human. So none of them can see in the dark. And you okay. uh, you just kind of bound past the shattered lantern that you swatted out of the one's hand and uh, spin around behind them. And you can you can hear the leader go, "Fuck! Where'd he go? Where'd he go? Get it lit!" Um, so the bandits, one of them begins fumbling in his pouches. Uh, and it takes him uh, more more time than it normally would, but it looks like he's pulling out uh, a set of flint and steel. The other two are going to come up and try to strike at you, but they are freaking blind. So, do uh, they know where huh? I'm currently located? They yes, you haven't hidden, so they know where you okay. are. Like they can hear you moving around. You have to take the you have to take an action to hide if you want to go okay. unnoticed completely. So. Disadvantage. Yep, that's no good. <laughs> All right. Um, so that is uh, th- uh, two of the bandits, and then the thug, the uh, the leader, sort of turns around and strikes out at you uh, with his uh, w- with their clubs. He has second. Yeah, and that misses too. So four attacks. You can see them coming, and they're they're throwing their attacks kind of in your direction, but you're using mm-hmm. two of them as cover. And then that coupled with the darkness, you're just using your left hand. The the corner of your cloak is lashing out and either snapping at their eyes and uh, or or grabbing the clubs in their wrists and throwing them out of the way. And then you're just parrying the others with your right hand easily. Uh, and so just a flurry of attacks come at you to absolutely no avail. Your turn is, uh, as you can see, one of them has uh, has managed to fumble some flint and steel out and is, is now kind of groping around for the lantern, trying to relight it. Uh, the one that was grabbing the flint and steel, uh, mm-hmm. I'm going for him. Uh, sure. 
And I'm, uh, as he's like, cause he probably lowered as he's trying to like, you know, do what, like, as I imagine, cause I would do that like with Flint and Steel. So that's in my head how I'm seeing him. I'm getting mm-hmm. up like behind him, uh, with like his, uh, uh, on his like shoulders and just like fucking stabbing down into his like neck and like shoulder area, giving like the soldier's death. But I'm also yep. like standing him up as like a human shield at the same time. Uh, <laughs> okay. And you think uh, darkness right, for my advantage. <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Okay, go uh-huh. ahead and make your attack roll with advantage. All right, click this. Uh, four, 16? That hits. Uh, I, I didn't say it this time. I was going to use my bonus action. You're, you're, using, you're using Planner Warrior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, three, seven, plus a D6. Uh, one. So he takes eight damage. Oof. Uh, all right, so he screams. You don't manage to get the blade just past his collarbone. It kind of gets bound up in his uh, in his armor and throws you just off the mark. Uh, but you do cut him very deeply, and you see this spurt of uh, basically gray <laughs> in your in your dark vision sprays on mm-hmm. the wall against the wall it turns into this black stain as it starts running down the stone and he kind of lets out this gurgling scream drops the flint and steel and starts clutching at his neck yeah uh, okay so and I'm kind, of, I'm kind of like ducking behind him <laughs> uh he basically panics at this point um uh, he is he is extremely bloodied um, and is kind of just like down on one knee trying to to stem the flow of blood and then his other hand starts groping for his uh, his club that he dropped when he went looking for the lantern uh, so he's having a real bad time right now so you can kind of grab him by the the hem of his or the the, the back collar of his leather armor and kind of pull him into the way uh, so two of them are going to make attacks against you still with disadvantage and now you're using their buddy as half cover. Uh, that's gonna miss. Uh, what's your armor class with a plus two? Uh, 19. He misses you. All right. Um, so that's two of them. Now, the thug does not have disadvantage because he has pack tactics. So that just gives him a wash. Uh, so he... He might actually manage to hit you. He does. He does manage to hit you. So you're going to take a, a cuffing from his club. Uh, so you take six points of bludgeoning damage. Uh, oof, and a second for um, three points of bludgeoning damage. So he actually clocks you twice. Okay. And then it's your uh, turn. How much was that? Six and six? Six and three. Uh, six, nine. So that would put yep. me at... Uh, Six and nine, right? I'm, I'm not confusing that. Nine total. Nine total damage. Nine total. Nine total. Okay, never mind. Yes. Nine wounds. Uh, so I'm not bloodied. Um, so uh, do any of those blows, when they like try to hit me, do they hit the, my human shield and kill him? Uh, no. No. Um, not, not really, no. They're just sort of like deflected aside. Okay. Um... At that point, uh, the dude with pack tactics, uh, I am going to, um, hmm. I am, uh, cause he can't see me either. And he's like stumbling he around. See you, no. Uh, can, I'm gonna, uh, go and kind of do, uh, oh shit. This guy's like alive in front of me. 
Um, but they're shit at fighting. Uh, I'm gonna go for him and get on his fucking uh, uh, side and like fucking stab up into it. Um, sure. And uh, give an attack that way. Using uh, Planar Warrior I, again, I assume? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm also trying to get into a position where if I'm looking bad, I'm getting the fuck out of there and stealthing. Uh, so kind of giving myself a, a position of egress from... Okay, uh, yeah, at this point you've kind of gotten around behind them, so you have the open tunnel at your back, and then the four of them okay. kind of jammed up in front of you. Okay. Um, so this is at advantage? Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, okay. They are blind yeah, me... and you are not. That's a critical hit, <laughs> sir. Um, so all right. 2d8 so plus uh... 2d6... Here's a D8. Uh, so 17 plus uh, 2, which is 19, plus another 2, which is 21. Blackjack. Oh, my God. All right, 21, huh? All right. So you slash him low. You get under his leather armor, and you can feel the blade kind of drive into his uh, into across his stomach and that uh, mm-hmm. you can see that swirling sheath of darkness that every strike you just sort of gather around your blade as it lashes out those tendrils reach into the wound and rip it open uh, he, he gives out a terrible cry um, he is still on his feet it looks like he's much hardier than the other ones but he is very bloodied and, and looking like blood is pouring down over his waist at the moment and once he's again, he's my human shield. shield from the other one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, all right, so we're going to have some disadvantaged attacks on you. Not even close. Uh, once again, not even close. Uh, the other one that was nearby you is actually going to stumble away. Um, okay. And I think you can disengage from people you can't see. Is that is that correct? Uh, maybe I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah, the, yeah, I don't know that that. In my logic, I would say no. It seems you don't know what you're. It seems likely that you need to be able to see them, but, but if you take disengage action, your movement. Uh, there's no 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 qualification on seeing. So he uh, just kind of moves carefully and kind of ducks behind his buddies that he knows okay. are fighting right next to him, and so he manages to bug the hell out. Um, okay. That's what he does with his turn. Uh, then the fellow with the club, the uh, the thug, is going to strike out at you. Uh, Damn man! Uh, one, yep, that'll be one hit. And that one will miss. Second one misses. Okay. Uh, so, oof, bad roll. You take another three. Okay, that's three bludgeoning damage. So he uh, kind of cuffs you on the shoulder, and uh, and he kind of looks down, even though he can't see anything. It's just instinct. He presses his left hand to his stomach and looks down, and you can see his eyes, which, you know when you look at people in, dark, in a, a night vision camera, their eyes just have this kind of big black kind of look to them? Uh, yeah. that, that's sort of what you can see. You can see this, these kind of vacant orbs in his head just kind of sweeping around as he's trying to look at his own blood on his hand and can't. Um, so that's going to be back up to your turn. Uh, as he, like, as I catch him in that moment where he's like looking or mm-hmm. uh, whatever, uh, I am bringing my blade up to his throat. Um, and uh, 
I you're attacking, do so with advantage. All right, clicking advantage. Let's do this. Uh, 14. Oh, solid hit. Okay. Uh, D8 for... Uh, oh, shit. Uh, that's plus four. It's seven plus the hey. D6, uh, which is 10 damage. All right. You reach up. Your cloak sort of lashes up, grabs the back of his neck, and pulls him down, and you run your Nimheim blade right into his throat. And he chokes, tries to gasp, stiffens, and just slumps past you into the ground. The, uh, the, um, the other two, uh, the other three, one of them says, Prander, Prander! And there is no answer, and they sort of look at each other Kind of what, like, what name but did like they past say? Crander. Crander? Um, I think at this point, uh, I would, uh, can I make an intimidation roll? Um, uh, you, you don't really need to, because at this point, okay. uh, they, they sort of look at past each other and then just sort of at the same time stumble off into the darkness running away from you. Because what, what I want to do right before, like, when they're, like, yelling for Krender and there's that moment of silence over in that direction where I was, I'd be like, mm-hmm. are you done here? Krender's dead. <laughs> okay. So that just sort of echoes in this tight, in this tight, dark, closing in on them corridor, and they turn and bolt. Uh, they're stumbling over each other and over themselves, over uneven bits in the floor, uh, trying desperately to keep their feet as they just run the hell away. Okay, and then as they're running, I'm looting his body. Sure, sure. Uh, so in addition to the club, you also find uh, a mace and a heavy crossbow. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's wearing leather armor, and he has a belt pouch that has uh, some coins jingling in it. Uh, I will take the belt pouch of coins. Anything else like hidden on him or uh, anything worth note? Um how much? I can't get much for the the heavy crossbow. Uh, I can get uh, quite a good coin for. I believe you should be able to get a decent bit for the heavy crossbow. Okay. Um, yeah, if you want to take if you want to take that and hawk it, you can. Yeah, I'm uh, like on my way to the bathhouse. I would hawk it and be like, saw on the crossbow. Well, you're gonna you're gonna come up in the market district in the morning. So perfect. Oh yeah. So yeah, definitely. I'm gonna take like the mace in the club and like go to. Um, like, is Paula's ever no? Paula's Everforge is way across town. Uh, I'm her go forge, to the her forge is way across town. However, she has yeah. a, a vendor stall in the market district. Uh, I would go to her uh, stall, uh, sell okay. all this stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, I would also. <laughs> um, I would. I, this is going to be really fucked up of Cloak, but he's going to take and he's going to write Infernal on his forehead uh, with his blade. Um, uh, chosen. No, not chosen. Fuck, what is he going to write? Ooh, so good. Um, <laughs> hmm, I don't know what I'm going to write. He's going to write something in Infernal. We'll reveal so it later. So are, are, you, are you carving something in Crander's forehead? Yeah. Is that is, oh, oh okay? Uh, no, no, Gross. no. It's in, in infernal. He's writing mm-hmm. "Stay away." Oof! Yeah. All right. 
Nice. And so it, it looks metal as fuck, but uh, yes, it does. yeah. And then, but then as he's walking away he's with the crossbow and Macy, he's like, yeah. <laughs> so this this cheerful whistling just sort of echoes throughout the darkened Cartways halls, uh, punctuated by a few screams of uh, of terror and shock as one of those poor bastards stumbles, trips, or just runs headlong into a wall that he couldn't see coming. Uh, so a few minutes later, you come up in the market district uh, in an alleyway, kind of brush yourself off, use the uh, use the light of day to kind of take a better look and uh, oh there's a few blood stains here better better kind of wipe those off best you can before you go out in public no problem and you uh, stroll your way yeah you stroll your way out into the uh, into the marketplace uh, and you can find Paula Everforge who's uh, delighted to see you she she greets you brightly and she will gladly take those things off your hands and she even gives you a slightly better price than you would otherwise get uh, somewhere else Ooh. so for hawking the uh, the heavy crossbow and the mace um, she will give you 30 gold for it. Okay. Uh, and how much gold was, or how much money did that uh, guy have on him? So looking in the pouch, uh, there is indeed a pile of gold in there. There are uh, 27 griffins, which uh, griffin, gold griffins are the uh, the gold coin of Zobek. Okay. So there's 27 uh, griffins, 27 gold pieces okay. in there, uh, as Good well mail. as a small vial with a uh, wax-sealed uh, cork in it, and mm-hmm. there's a alchemical symbol on it, and it's kind of a, a thick, like yellowish white uh, substance in there that seems to have a lot of like uh, uh, just stuff suspended in it. Uh, and it has an mm-hmm. alchemical symbol that you recognize as antitoxin. Oh, okay. Uh, I put, I, t- I tuck this away pretty close to uh, grabbing just because. Uh, people might try to poison me later um mm-hmm. so um <laughs> he he then uh then be like okay thank you paula and then um uh, make his way to uh to the bathhouse um, the old strauss bathhouse yeah all right uh, i like to imagine yes. by this time we're like lounging in the baths maybe have like a couple of uh snacks being brought to us and he All right, like so, cloak just coming back in fucked up. Like covered <laughs> like, covered in people's <laughs> blood and he just like gets in the bath and he's like, I had a morning. <laughs> Red Ann's got like so, Prosecco and yeah. and it's just like sudsing it out right now. Yep. Uh, so uh, in yes. the in the old Strauss bathhouse, which is sort of an older older edifice, it's uh, a lot of marble. There's um, columns in the entryway. There are, um, it's, I believe it's a two-story building. Uh, well, it's, it's, I'm sorry, it's two floors. It's not two stories. The first floor is on the surface. The second floor is actually underground. Uh, and the underground space consists of uh, several different chambers where the actual baths are. There are mineral baths that are fed by a, a natural spring that has this uh, this natural kind of uh, mineral-heavy water that is said to be very therapeutic for treating all manner of ailments and for uh, just replenishing the body's uh, spent energy. Uh, there are plunge pools. There's a massage parlor. There are several lounges areas, a gymnasium, uh, and then there are even uh, heated pools as well. Uh, and also down there is a grand lounge, which is just a a just this open, almost like a salon, 
right? There's tables, there's all sorts of chaise lounges, there's, uh, yeah, it's, there's art on the walls. And uh, the, the interesting thing about this is it is open to absolutely everyone. It once served only the aristocracy when the Strauss family were in power, but since then, and the, the aristocracy itself were abolished in, uh, in Zobeck. There are no nobles or nobility in Zobeck anymore uh, since the fall of House Strauss. Now this place is open to everyone, and you can see councillors of the city rubbing elbows with uh, dock workers, and uh, and, and even um, criminal element can show up here. Uh, it, there is a very strict, no weapons, uh, no trouble sort of policy here, and uh, the very few times that that policy has been broken, it has not gone well for anyone involved. So that's just sort of uh, an understood that this place is, if you have troubles, you leave them at the damn door. <clears throat> so yeah, Cloak, you, uh, you, you find your way down and pro I, I imagine you find everyone in uh, maybe one of the heated rooms where there's uh, kind of a steam room and then uh, cooler plunge pools. Uh, yeah, as soon as, like, he gets in there, he because he would, like, put his, like, armor away and all that, or, like, taking it off, like, right mm -hmm. there and put it, put it, like, in a little pile next to it and, uh, like, gotten in the plunge pool and, like, like, started soaking himself. And he would take a short rest in here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, how badly are you hurt? Uh, I'm not bloodied. Um... I'm. Uh, I took about twelve wounds in that fight. Um, okay, so a short rest roll. will do you okay. You're not in desperate need. Yeah. Hold on. Where is the hit dice thing? What What is my hit dice? D10, I think. Uh, D10 plus. So, uh, but yeah, he would have relaxed in here uh, with everyone. Let's see. Let's, what do we? Fucking god. I think on fantasy grounds, doesn't the DM actually roll your short rest for you in your long rest? You can just uh, roll your hit dice. Yeah, just roll your hit dice. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, so and remember that you remember that you add your con to each one of those. Your con yeah. bonus. Uh, I'm gonna three eight. Okay, I'm good. I'm back at okay. zero. Uh, so right. as he's relaxing, and uh, he'd be like, uh, "I think the black shins are after us now, guys." Um, so. <laughs> Why would they be after us? We had done nothing but try to avail the situation. I don't even know who they are. You. I was fucked out of my mind, quite frankly, and I don't know what was going on. So, I mean, do you <laughs> even remember how we met? I, yes. But I remember going down there, and we were going to find Mr. Prick, 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 and then... Prick. All gets a little hazy from there. Now I'm here. So if you could connect some dots for me, that would be very helpful. Anyone? Well, it was quite an adventure. Let me tell you all about it. And glass launches into the saga that was last night. Yeah. All right, so uh, so as Glaz is launching into the saga of what the hell happened last night to, to fill Riodan back in 
back in on the whole thing. Um, there are other uh, citizens here enjoying the baths, going into the, you know, free, spending some time in the heated pool. Since it's kind of a chilly spring day, uh, this kind of gets, this area gets a lot of traffic. If you guys are okay with that, that's cool. Otherwise, you can find, you know, kind of more private areas in other um, other areas of the uh, of the bathhouse. There are um, masseurs and masseuses that kind of occasionally make the rounds in here, offering services to uh, to anyone who would like to take them up on it. Um, and uh, I will start uh, yeah. a tab, and I take basically everything: massage, okay. uh, you know, manicures, hair. Mostly because Kari isn't really that type of person, so she's very intrigued by all of it. And also because mm -hmm. Glass is talking, and we're going to be here for a while anyway. So, <laughs> <laughs> so for somebody who doesn't uh, doesn't get the full primp treatment every now and then, it can either be a revelatory experience, or it can be a little uncomfortable, or kind of somewhere in the middle. How do you think? Carrie, Carrie responds to that, to, you know, I think having her sore muscles work through. Like and that, she would be all about it. But the second they start, <laughs> like, trying to cut her hair or do her nails, she'd be like, oh, man. But she just kind of, since she requested it, she kind of sits through it and is a little, little awkward about it. But she is all about the masseuse stuff. <laughs> okay, so she's pretty uncomfortable when they start. Any petty while I'm there as well, by the way. Oh, excellent. Yeah, absolutely. I try to um, copy uh, Riordan's <clears throat> behaviors and to kind of take solace in the fact that he's doing it with me now. So I don't, because okay. you know, the first time you try something and you're like, what do I do? How do I sit? What right. do I do? That's kind of, and then now she has like something she can lock eyes with. So Riordan is your guide through the world. I, yeah, I, I definitely instruct her. Decadent self-care. Yeah. I've always wanted to do <laughs> so, I, I, I want to go give her a, like a makeover as well. Oh sure. Oh god. That sounds amazing. All right, so there's scented oils uh, that the uh, the the masseurs are using to uh, to work out all of your sore muscles, which you know, you guys being you guys, you have those in spades, uh, and it actually feels heavenly when it's all said and done. You feel like just the the blood and death that's kind of been steeped in your lives for the past <laughs> several weeks is just finally washed off and cleared away. Um, and as as uncomfortable it is having someone else, you know, brush the tangles out of your hair, Kari, uh, which generally, you know, probably you don't worry about too much. You just kind of keep your hair braided back out of the way. Um, People brush and, their hair? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's brushed and actually washed with soap <laughs> and then uh, has these uh, these uh, mildly scented oils guy. applied to it. Yeah, oh, yeah, all kinds of things. You I get the, the entire treatment. Yep. Uh, so you guys can uh, just kind of catch up. And I, I, uh, I have... queer eye Carrie. I give Carrie a quick queer eye montage. <laughs> I just like okay. change around her life, and I give her, uh, you know, like a new hair care routine and like uh, a new like skin routine that she needs to be following. And I teach her how to cook. Put antifreeze on her eyes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, this will this so this will. Stop See, like, cloak eating the cucumbers that you're supposed to put on your face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Right on there. They just yeah, they're just giving me the... <laughs> uh, so there is a, uh, there is a sort of... Um, and remember, yeah. So the baths aren't aren't segregated by by male or female and and anything like that. So there are you know just people bathing hereabouts, and it's just kind of culturally accepted, and everything's okay with it. Uh, so I'm imagining Cloak is sitting there, mostly naked, still with his cloak and hood on and his mask, <laughs> just otherwise you know it's, lounging it's like, in the shallow it's like of the pool. There's like a head, like a head above the the thing, and like the cloak just like spread out. Yeah, just so it looks spreads like spreads out. Yeah. 
Uh, it's funny. Like every time he moves, like every time he moves in the water, it's like his cloak seems to billow or shift or maybe float on the surface of the water. So the hood never really gets wet. Uh, and so you guys, uh, you guys spend a, a great deal of time in there, getting yourselves just sort of uh, primped and pampered and, and reset, and uh, feeling a bit like new people as as the time goes on. So if you have uh, any next step you guys want to discuss, you can do that, or we can just sort of yeah, move along. About <laughs> that, so why are they facing us? And I kind of put a little emphasis on the word us because you came back bloodied <laughs> and fucked up. So it turned out the, like, the, blood. the blood wasn't his, so that's good. It was their blood. I had ours in the splash zone. So, so why, um, why did they want to kill you? Uh, well, because they said I was asking too many questions, and I ask a lot of questions. I'm a very curious individual. And then Trust me, I when I said to them, the I, was splash, like, I know all about the splash zone, but that was a lot. Yeah, no, it was. It was a pretty big guy, but, you know, I got right up under the ribcage, and then I look at it as the other people are, like, talking to me, staring at them for a second, and I was like, it got really in there, and I think I hit an archery, <laughs> and just like, um, and then, um, so I kind of go over what happened in the fight as, like, they all, like, say, and they put my up in there, and I was like, then I was like, oh, uh, you know, at least, I, you know, I'm smart enough to ask questions, and that's when shit ensued. Um, so... I, like, carved this into his forehead. <laughs> <laughs> he let that part out. Yeah. That was not mentioned. <laughs> but, all right. uh... That's it. The only part he does not mention is the infertile that he carved into the dude's forehead. Uh, okay. but he and I saw, I saw Paula and all this kind of stuff. Uh, but um, remember when I was yesterday, I was like, hey, we kind of need to get out of here. It's because Thrick kept staring at me uh, when I was sitting in Glass Hut, getting a survey of the situation. I wasn't staring at him at all. I was looking around and keeping a peripheral on him, but he kept staring at me. And then they kept trying to chase us. So... They might be trying to hunt us down. They like to hang out the silk scabbard. That's what I found out. Hmm. Interesting. I happen to know that place fairly well. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Fuckhouse. <clears throat> hmm. So there are black shields in my fuckhouse. Yes. Apparently. No. It's the intelligence cloak is returned with. I feel that I have failed to bring this up on more than one occasion. Um, what the fuck were we even trying to do? Why Good were we going point. after this Thrick? I was the only drunk. thing that I want to do is use Glaz's brain to try and fix the Shadow Roads, which I, I my like ambassador is still waiting oh, on. Oh, I was terribly oh, drunk me, at the time. Let me tell you, uh, I actually uh, like tapped into it. But Glass is talking about how the you know, and he starts going into how the ley lines work and what Glass tells him, and like sounding all like smart. And he's like, the the ley line under the uh, the city is actually tapped into the Shadow Road. And when I uh, I when I tapped into it, it's not like how Glass taps into it. It's more like I can see the weaves of all of it around, and I saw the shadow like billowing up the walls. And when I would slash at these guys, I would use it and it would like ink off on my blade and I would use it to like get in there and get a really good hit and do a little bit of more blood splatter on the wall. Uh, but well, yeah, it's, it's, 
It's it's really uh, it's really uh like shadowy down there. At this point you realize you guys have basically the entirety of this pool to yourself. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the surrounding people and crowds have just trickled away over the course of <laughs> of, of uh, Cloak's stories. I have the desire to go back there immediately and resolve this issue, but I also do not want to run into these guards again. And Kari oh, kind of looks at Cloak in a whole new light, like he's suddenly useful to her because he knows <laughs> about what's going on with the Shadow Roads, as opposed to where they've always kind of had their little two-a-tet going back and forth. Um, mm. What do you suggest we do, Cloak? Um, well, uh, if you want my advice, I saw we go find Thrick, um, and then like look over at Glaz and like look at Kari and Reardon. Uh, and then see why, who hired him. Yeah. Uh, as as a reminder to other people who are yeah, not yeah. too inebriated to remember the plan, um, this the the whole excursion into. Did you take more drugs in the bathhouse? <laughs> Me? No, it's saving no. it for Friday no. night, darling. <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay. <laughs> no, no, you have a date. Um, I just don't remember the past 48 hours. It's, it's right, right. So the rest of you who okay. did encounter Kane and Rioden in their state, uh, you recall that it was Kane's sort of plan to locate Vandessian Thrick to find out who hired those mercenaries that you guys encountered that were mixed up with that shadow cult, uh, the people who stole the journal from the Arcane Collegium. Right, right, back in episode one. Yeah, I mm -hmm. remember now. Kane got really drunk, and so did I. And he was like, remember those guys all the way back when, you know, the bad guys? And I was like, yes, I remember them. They were awful. There was a guy with a sickle in the other one. And he said, we should find out who hired them. And so we found Vandessian Frick. We got absolutely wasted. I got super high. You guys did some other stuff. Cloak killed a few of them. Now we know that they are in the fuck house at times, so we can find more about them there. Very yeah, sweet. and then uh, I had uh, hold on, and then he like starts going through his stuff, and then he pulls out probably uh, it looks like a little a little bit uh, like blackened, but he like pulls out the skin with the tattoo on it, and he's like, "Remember? Oh, well, is that that's oh. from that first encounter that you sliced off that dude's neck? Yeah. All right, so what he pulls out is basically a slab of rotten meat at this point. Um, so there's really uh, not was, much." Uh, yeah. And he just yeah. throws it I mean, Kari's not grossed up by it, go. but god damn it. Can... Oh, did you just you throw go. it in the pool? <laughs> yeah, he's I'm getting out of it. He threw it out of the pool. He's, he's lounging so on the edge like of the pool. So he, he tossed it over onto the marble. Yeah, flop. <laughs> <laughs> just gross. So now this room smells. And I drink people's blood. Oh, but that's... God. Yep. Steam uh... room. Blood. He did it. Oh. Now you guys, you guys aren't well, in a I'm sauna, per se, but you're in one of the heated, the first time. heated pools. Yeah. Because we're never window? coming back here. Is there no, you're window? underground. You're underground. Grotto. Oh, we're underground? Um... Mm -hmm. <clears throat> just slap your meat around here, Cloak. Right. I can't believe that you're saying okay. the one saying that. I've, been that was a good one. I've never been charged. Now, listen, I think maybe we should 
ask around the fuckhouse here and there, see if they have heard of these black shields. Because if they're out to get Cloak, then probably out to get the rest of us. And it may all be connected back to that first guy with the creepy thing who teleported out of here and was all said something cryptic and scary back in episode one. Remember that? Oh. And Why do you keep saying episode one? I think that's probably connecting I, them all together. I am a bard, Cloak. Not by I class, you were a cleric. but by nature. Oh. <laughs> in the classic wait, sense. Wait, wait, wait. Are you, are you <laughs> chronalizing us in, like, a weird story? My whole I life mean, is a story. He's a vampire. It makes sense. Otherwise, how else is he going to remember things? Now, I take we haven't done... We haven't done anything wrong legally, right? So we could just go back to the <laughs> house. And... Darling, I've done so many illegal things just in the and past 48 hours. for it, though, is my point. <laughs> we I are still free to walk the streets. <sighs> that I should probably keep a list crimes. of all the illegal things you guys have done. I've done more <laughs> so illegal things than legal things, I think. So, so I'm thinking my point. what might be joining all these things together that we have not taken any time on, which might help us quite a bit, it's the journal. We still need to decode that, and maybe we'll realize why they had the journal, and we're keeping it, and why they wanted it, because, hey, for some reason they needed to have the mercenaries to guard it. Maybe we should know what they had. So, uh, I will, uh, just to, to bring back, you have been working on that. It's just kind of slow going. So as we, we uh, move yeah, forward, we'll, been, you know, I've running got around, running around. We, we, we keep market. finding a bunch of interesting stuff to get into that kind of delays yeah. certain things. It's okay though. Uh, all right. So if there's nothing else pressing at the moment, I think you guys have said that you can, uh, try to track them down at the soak scabbard. Cause you know that at least some of the, the black shields frequent, uh, that establishment. So, um, if you have nothing else important to figure out at this very moment, uh, if you do, go ahead. That is um, where I doffed my armor. Doff means both on and off, right? Doff is removed, Dawn is put on. Right. Okay, so I doffed you... my armor in uh, the fuck house. So, getting yep. back there, if we do get into a fight, I don't have any fucking armor. So, um, I, uh, I, I, imagine, like, I imagine Riodan showed up to breakfast in like a Hugh Hefner smoking jacket. So, um, <laughs> obviously. I would, I would just like to, to point out the only two people free. they made from that is Glass and myself. So, I'm, I'm, you guys might be safe. Well, you know what? I'm a master of disguise, darling. So I can go incognito into the fuckhouse. And when I'm in the fuckhouse, it's different. It's difficult to differentiate which part is fuck and which part is house, if you know what I'm saying. I bet that many people don't know don't know that you're there when you're fucking them in the house. But um, yeah. I have a little bit more of reputation that I can hold on my... My ambassador has given me his ring. I am a member of Glenanine Thelgermine. I should be able to walk in without any problem. Perhaps even with Glaz and Cloak. Um, but it probably yeah, smart if you right? didn't walk in with us right away, and then... Or if, uh... We are just talking about the Silk Scabbard, right? We've been in and out of there, like, for the last three days. <laughs> Yeah, but look at how bloody he and is. Or scheduled with and he stands out of the thing and he's like, look! And he's like naked and he's like clean and he's like, oh no, I'm good. <sighs> she kind of like puts a hand hmm. over but like peeks through an eye because she's curious because she's never seen a naked gnome before and then closes her <laughs> hand again. Every is a far examination. 
Yeah. <laughs> so that's why they call them rock gnomes. Hmm. Mm, I could have gone the rest of my life without seeing that. But that's I <clears throat> All right. Mm. So, uh, so you so guys gather your things up and head back to the Soak Scabbard. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, so, uh, imposing ourselves. Sorry. <laughs> is your plan just to kind of hang out and wait and see if Thrick or any other Black Shield show up and just kind of keep an eye out for him? Or uh, my what's, main what's concern is going and getting my shit from the room before we jump. Yeah. I mean, so easily done. Gonna... Remember, it's still it's okay. still relatively early in the day. Like maybe noon. Uh, These places are, are just a couple blocks away from each other uh, from yeah. where you told us. Uh, the silk scabbard was on the map. It literally. Yep. Yep. I mean, we're okay. at thirty-three, and it's over by between fifty-one and thirty-eight. So it's. I mean, mm-hmm. we're literally only across Crown Square from the silk scabbard. Yep. I mean, we can probably do other stuff for the day because I mean, it's like nine a.m. Uh, and I looked at a watch that I don't have, um, and uh, you've already made yeah. two men. <laughs> Well, Mine one may be dead. He was bleeding a lot. Uh, the other one, the, the one three of definitely them dead. Away. One might not. One's make definitely it. dead. Um, <laughs> one might, you know, get an infection. And always be die if he doesn't find a cleric. Um, so certainly, if he's going uh, to fuck out. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I don't know if he, they're in the cartways. Um, so, uh, who knows what he's going to find down there because he ran down that way. Um, so, uh, but. Uh, I might just go to the library for a little bit, uh, hang out with Puff Puff, uh, and do some stuff. Um, good idea. I'll stake out the fuck house and make sure it's all good. Okay, yeah. And if I, you mean, drinks, I, maybe... I imagine they're not going to show up until, like, the evening. Um, you never do know so... with these black shoes. You know, you files saw some down in the cartways. So I think it's best that I stake out the perimeter and perform a, uh, security perimeter check of the area and the uh, the bar kind of thing and uh, a couple of drinks you get laid. Now you should interrogate all the patrons there uh, internally in uh, in your room that's a, I give Cloak a you're not helping look <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> right. bad idea. So you guys, uh, you guys head your separate ways wherever you wish to go um, Cloak, you're going to do research at the library. Uh, Glaz, you're probably going to be working on the journal. Um, yeah, I'm actually going to work on it, though, at the Silk Scabbard. And if okay. uh, uh, Ayla is around, I don't want to uh, mess up her normal rounds. But uh, when I get uh, if I get caught on the uh, on the um, on the decoding, I will uh, see if she's up for another set of games. Sure. Um... So Kari and Rioden, uh, Rioden, we know what he's I'm, doing. He's going to be he's going to be interrogating the bar. Um, I'm super torn about leaving Cloak to go anywhere on his own right now because the last time he left for like literally 20 fucking minutes, he came back bloodied <laughs> and he told us that someone is currently hunting us. Well, so, we're wanted. Yeah. Kari, <laughs> I don't think would mind that much, but he also has just revealed to her that he knows stuff about what's going on in the Shadow Roads and the ley line beneath the city, and it's different sure. information than what Glass is been telling her and glass has mm-hmm. kind of been like in his glass way i guess the only way to say it is like overloading her with information so i'm actually gonna go with cloak uh to the library okay. i'm 
So yeah. anything in particular you guys are going to be researching? Uh, Gla uh, Cloak, I know that you Red were working on... Um, you were working on research on the dragon that you guys faced in the Halls of Everforge, if I remember correctly. I uh, unfortunately, was correct. Unfortunately, you did not roll well. However, mm. uh, as that research is still ongoing, if Kari is going to help you, I will uh, count that as the help action, and you can roll with advantage. So you can roll another die and see if you get better than your nat one that you got last time. Yeah. Uh, what, what history roll, correct? Uh, I believe it was an intelligence history roll. Yes, intelligence history. Okay, let me click it. Fantastic. Or Arcana, uh, if if you if you're if you prefer uh, Arcana, I that feel, would work as well. I prefer Arcana because I'm more uh, I'm in my history shit. Yeah, yeah, sure. Right. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you prefer Arcana, you can do that. Here we go. Come on, Noonan. Uh, fifteen. All right. Um, sure. No problem. Okay, so the two of you doing that research uh, will will kind of... So we're basically going to just kind of roll forward a few days here as you guys are alternatively doing your research, keeping an eye out for uh, the people that you're looking for, because you're just kind of waiting for them to come to you at this point. Now that you've learned that, hey, at least some right. of them kind of frequent your, your what's essentially your home base. Uh, for lack of a lack of a better word, so over the course of the research, uh, and Glaz, you will occasionally catch Valia. Uh, she, of course, has regulars uh, that uh, that come to see her. Um, you also notice as you spend some more time out there doing your research, kind of in and around that area, kind of backing up uh, Rio Dan in case the Black Shield show up. She not only sees regulars in the Silk Scabbard, but she occasionally goes out as well. And when she goes out, it looks like she is dressed to the nines. Now she keeps it kind of like covered with a cloak or like a, 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 a mantle or something when she's in, but you could tell that she is, she is dressed the hell up. Um, a couple of times she's even escorted out by uh, uh, Tyron, the owner, of the the silk scabbard kind of on his arm and it looks like he is uh, taking her to wherever she's going um so she apparently has uh perhaps private clients out elsewhere out in the city um and you kind of uh, through through the course of uh just sort of paying attention to this sort of thing you know that courtesans are uh kind of an important part of society in zobek of higher society uh, that it's uh, seen as a, I mean, not only kind of a necessary part of some of the upper echelons of uh, of Zobek's just just sort of life, but also a, a very honorable and um, uh, respected uh, profession. The the courtesans yeah. and the courtiers. Uh, so she is apparently uh, rubbing elbows with the uh, influential families, maybe maybe people in higher positions and politics. Uh, politics within the city as well. Uh, so, over the course of your guys' research, um, Cloak, you were researching just anything you could find about the dragon, right? Did you have anything? I can't remember if you had something, like, specific that you were looking for, or just kind of, like, anything you could find out about it. Do you recall? All right, all right. Uh, okay, so we'll go ahead and jump over to the Journal of Werner Strauss for a moment. Ooh, yeah. So you have begun Hi. to unearth some uh, some very interesting bits. Cloaks, first and he'll be foremost, back in 10 minutes. 
Yep, yep, I saw that. Thanks. Uh, first and foremost, what you've begun to, begun to puzzle together in uh, a lot of this coded information from the journal is arcane formula. There are spells coded in this book. And so if you just want to go ahead and jot some of these down real quick, you can kind of take a look at them later. But you will have uh, unlocked written versions of the following spells. Black Ribbons, Cloying Darkness, Dark Bolt, and Shadow Blade. And that last one is from Xanathar's Guide. The other ones are from the Midgard Heroes Handbook. And they are all considered shadow magic. Cool, got them. Uh, and so now that you have those in written form, um, you you spellcasters who might have them available on your lists will be able to learn them and, and use them. Uh, additionally, in between these spell formula, you begin puzzling out uh, some of the just sort of writings that Werner Strauss coded into his journal. And what you're seeing is that he had begun having nightmares uh, once he moved to, uh, at the time, it was called Castle Strauss. Um, and those nightmares started uh, simply enough, but they grew over time greater and greater and more and more frequent, and to the point that he was beginning to have waking nightmares, almost like these dream hallucinations while he was awake. And they all centered around this tree in the Strauss uh, Castle courtyard. And... The uh, the writings go on to talk about how the tree itself, he was convinced, was giving him these dreams. And beyond that, that it was a conduit to something beyond. And uh, he came to realize that it was indeed a channel between Midgard and the Shadow Realm, and to something, some greater entity uh, within uh, the Shadow Realm itself. And it was that that began to, or had in, in ages past, empowered his family to reach the heights that they, that they attained. And uh, for some reason, even though he wasn't uh, part of that, at least to begin with, it had chosen him and wouldn't let him go. And he tried to ignore it desperately uh, to the point that he began to go mad. When he started having these waking nightmares, day in, day out, not able to tell if he was uh, in a dream, if he was walking through waking reality, he uh, started to converse uh, directly in a fashion with whatever entity was contacting him through the tree itself, uh, and he made a pact with it, some sort of bargain. And you can tell that's where all of this shadow magic started to come from. So clearly he made a bargain with shadow, and and it taught him uh, to manipulate the power of darkness and the, uh, the, the shadows of the Shadow Realm itself. And that really marked his rise to prominence, which was shortly before the revolt, where, as you know from the histories, every man, woman, and child of the Strauss family was hounded out at the keep, killed, and hung from the walls. To include, as part of your research, uh, so I'll, I'll say that you intersperse, um, intersperse decoding the book with actually doing some historical research on the Strauss family, and you find indeed records that Werner Strauss himself was killed and hung on the walls of what is now known as Castle Shadowcrag uh, during the revolt. Um, he goes on to talk about how what everyone sees and believes of the world of Midgard, the Shadow Realm beyond, and possibly even all of the worlds that hang in the branches of Yggdrasil 
are not what they understand it to be, and that he has seen something greater beyond it all. And that is about as far as you've managed to decipher at this point. There's still yet more, uh, and it looks like... So the gist you can get from this is that he achieved some sort of... It looks like half-insane, half-enlightened realization, uh, and that sort of propelled him in kind of a different direction than the rest of his family was going. Um, there is still some more to decode, although looking at the dates in the coded spots that you've uh, that you've had copied into this, into this uh, little journal of yours, there's not a whole lot left before the date of the revolt hits uh, and what is the date of his death. But you've sort of dug uh, quite a lot of information out of that at this point, uh, and there's still uh, still a bit more to be discovered. Um, Kari, do you want me to go ahead and give you a little bit of an overview before Cloak gets back, or do you want to hold off? Um, no, we can do the overview. He said he was only going to be okay. like 10 minutes, so probably by the time you're doing it, he should be right. back, theoretically. So this one is unfortunately not quite as comprehensive as Glass's because you guys had a, uh, just kind of a much more broad goal, and it was trying to find out something about this essentially random, uh, uh, random dragon. So it was a flame dragon, as you'll recall. Uh, where is my... There it is. It got away that we didn't technically kill, and I'm not salty about that at uh, all. I mean, it looked it looked kind of dead when it was tumbling into the, the collapsing energies of the portal, but there was definitely something okay. weird happening on the other side. That is, that is for sure. But it looked like Cloak dealt it a death blow. Um, okay, good. Because so, I've never killed a dragon in Dungeons and Dragons until then, so. Uh, well, just for for scorekeeping keeping purposes, you guys killed the dragon. Yes. <laughs> well, I'll, we'll call it official. Um, this is my first as well. Hey, hey, a silly one. If it if it didn't die on screen, it died on screen. You guys. <laughs> you guys <saw> it. <laughs> I think Cloak is logging back in now. Cloak is back. Hey. But uh, you know, do you do recall it's D and D, so screen faces. It's so weird. He never has like a or anything. He never has a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, you're super what? good at it, man. All right. So uh, in the course of your research, Cloak and Kari, uh, you had to basically. They're, they're just. There's really nowhere to start if you're saying, oh, there's this like wormling flame dragon. Let's go find out stuff about it, right? So you started with mm. the only thing, that you, the only connection you could find to it, which was the Halls of Everforge. Um, mm. And what you discover about those, the records on them are pretty scant. Uh, it looks like they, the Dwarves of Everforge did not have a whole lot of direct contact with um, any of the record keepers in Zobek. They probably kept pretty well to themselves. And now given that you know that they had some sort of elemental power node and apparently a freaking portal to the elemental plane of fire, they kept that shit under wraps, and they weren't interested in the mages uh, of the, the Arcane Collegium poking their, their noses into that business. Um, but you do manage to discover that they had business with all manner of um, peoples and nations, if it was uh, even just uh, of a very restricted nature here and then. They were never a, a force to be reckoned with as far as a family goes. But you do find that they had dealings with the Marodi Empire, the Dragon Empire. And you come across uh, a name uh, referenced in one of their communications, you know, like basically like a work order kind of deal uh, between them and one of the, the merchants that they dealt with from, from Marodi. Uh, and that name is Igbalnium. And I'll type that in chat so you guys can see it. Igbalnium. 
Let's see if I can nail it. I spelled it I G B A L I U M. Oh, damn it. N- I was so close. N E U M. In Igbal Naum. So, uh, not the merchant? At first, you thought that was a merchant's name, but as you check some of the other uh, records that, because they did some business in Zobek, so for tax purposes and the like, those had to be those had to be at least mm-hmm. uh, on some level recorded and marked. Um, you suspect that there was a lot of under the table dealing, particularly because uh, the Dragon Empire, even though they are um, officially not at war with Zobek, uh, they're kind of a, at war with anyone who isn't a dragon or dragonkin. Um, mm-hmm. And so they do a lot of uh, a lot of skullduggerous work, a lot of smuggling, a lot of spying, um, and a lot of their merchants, you know, are, are easily covers for spies and smugglers. But you found enough uh, tax record because they did some business in the city to realize that that name is not the merchant they were dealing with. It was something else. And you find just a couple of references to it, and uh, there are a few sheafs of paper, like handwritten notes, essentially, that kind of snuck in the margins of a few of these uh, shipping orders and work orders that you're able to put two and two together, that Igbalium was the name of this dragon. And they were... um, they were much more recent orders, not dated back when the halls were in were in sort of full operation, but maybe toward toward the end of that time. So, uh, so this dragon, um, it's probably pretty old for the wormling that it was, um, but uh, apparently it had dealings through merchants with the the remnants of the Everforge family in more recent years. So you're able to hmm. to pin down the dragon's identity, and that it apparent it had ties to uh, a merchant dealing with the dragon empire. Does that merchant have a name? Uh, oh, we... uh, yeah, sure. Is it common for dragons in Midgard to, you know, deal with mortals? Well, there's an entire empire of mortals ruled by dragons. Okay, so, so it's not like unheard of. Oh no, not at all, not at all. Um, yeah, okay, like, uh, you they're know, like movers and certain... shakers in the world. Oh yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, they, they they rule the the dragon empire, and then anyone who isn't a dragon kin, dragonborn, or even kobold is you know barely a second class citizen. Um, that's where most of your draconic presence is. There, there are other places as well. I mean, uh, there are certain dragons that have the ability to take on mortal form. And so, you know, who knows that that proprietor of whatever museum that you're dealing with, that might be a gold dragon who enjoys collecting art, that sort of thing. Um, uh, right. While we're finding the name, can I roll an insight on Kari? Uh, because Cloak finds it very weird that he she's taken an interest into him. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, and he just want to see, I want to see if he notices that. Uh, a 12? I mean, you're paranoid. Kari's pretty shitty about hiding her feelings and things, and she's here with you at the fucking library instead of the fuck house. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, good call. Yeah. So, what's, what's uh, the, the what's the read? Twelve. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, he, I mean, she. If you're not trying, are you trying to hide your uh, your? No, I mean, um, I'm, I'm pretty much glancing at him every now and then. Uh, I'm kind of leaving him alone to his studies. Kind of like, you know how a kid wants a cookie for mom, but they know they have to wait till she's off the phone to ask for the cookie, otherwise they're going to get in trouble? Like that, it's right. the same general kind of vibe. 
Sure. Uh, okay, so you notice that her attitude towards you kind of changed when you told the story about how you're able to manipulate planar energies to focus your attacks, but particularly she seemed to latch on that you were talking about the Shadow Road ley line in, partic- in, in specific. So she has apparently some sort of interest in your dealings with that. Uh, he, he, like, he'd be in the book and he'd be like, Carl Sterling, what do you want? This is rude. I want to know how I can fix the Shadow Roads, and I know nothing about magic. And Laz is trying, but he is also distracted by whatever it is that you guys are trying to do here. And if I can fix the Shadow Roads, then we will be showered in riches by my people. Also, the Shadow Realm would reach out into Zobek. Not necessarily a bad thing. You enjoy my company, don't you? Yes, but, you know, whenever, like, Shadow Realm stuff is involved, I feel sick, and, it, it, you know, you ever, you ever get that this... icky feeling? All right, it also so means the, uh... that we won't be able to trade between our two people. True. And that uh... could be terrible, the economy. Ruined. There is a uh, there is a you know a trade consortium a trading house specifically for the import and export of goods to and from the courts of the Shadow Fae. So they're mm-hmm. probably not having a great time right now. In fact, that is how most of you met. How all of you met is dealing with uh, is if, dealing with one of those caravans. Uh, if we just cannot quick, protect the Shadow aside, Road here, then they'll just leak through somewhere else. It's like. It doesn't stop the flow of the shadow. It just redirects it somewhere else. A quick aside. Uh, the name of that dragonborn merchant is Savaran Delmirev. I put the spelling in, in chat there for you. Okay. Uh, that's a name I'm going to be searching for later. Um, sure. So as he's like going and finding this information, uh, he would look and he'd be like, so, I mean, I imagine... Laz is probably the best to do this. Like, I can sense, like, portals. That's how I was able to find that pearl. Uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know if you guys know this. I'm a horizon walker now. Uh, so I'm pretty important and a big deal. Um, because there's not many of them. Um, so, yeah. But, uh, I just, that's a, like, so what I'm talking about when I was down in the cartways and the shadows were leaking, uh, I'm just able to manipulate fields of the planes through my advantage. Yeah? Hmm. If the shadows are leaking there, I might be able to go back and forth. I It's different with me. No, I mean, um, I can sense them and like, I can see them, but people, other people can't. I'm like attuned with them. And Glass, he attunes with the actual line. He's trying to break this down to, like, Kari to make <laughs> yeah. sense. He's like, Magic so, and Kari are just yeah. two worlds apart. She so, understands imagine, that lines go straight. <laughs> imagine there's invisible lines that run everywhere. That's where ley lines are. Some are bigger, and that's where, like, glass can tap into them and use a lot of energy and channel that. That's why sometimes his spells go really well. Other times he can't really control it, and it can go bad. I, on the other hand, can see the 
what lays on top like sometimes there's like different planes of existence like so with the dragon which i found out his name is Ibalinum. i'm gonna mess that up every time in this voice but um <laughs> we're gonna call him iggy so the dragon iggy uh he uh we sent him into the plane of fire where the brass people were hanging out and they were just like and that's the war drums i don't know did you hear the war drums or was that just me I oh, I recall uh, war drums. Yeah, I heard yeah. the drums. Yeah. 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 Um, so that's a that's a plane of fire. That that place is like just made of fire. Like everything's on fire all the time. If you're made of fire, like the you shadow love plane is made out of shadow. The fire plane is made out of fire. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure mushrooms are really big in the shadow plane, but um, <laughs> delicious too. Uh, sure. Um, so, <laughs> that's, that's, that's how Glass and I kind of differ from it. Like, if you have a portal you want me to find, like, okay, those, those frost folk, ghost folk, I'm sorry, ghost folk, the, the ghost people, uh, that we fought, they, they were really ugly and big and, you know, and we, like, killed them just yesterday. I don't know if you remember yesterday. Uh, it feels like a week ago, but, you know, um, it, uh, when they disappeared, they they used a spell uh, called Dimension Door, which is like a short short range gate portal that they got. That's how they escaped. I knew where they went, but I was too fucked up to go chase them. And I think they went down below, so I wasn't gonna go deeper underground from where we were at. That was a brutal combat that we were in, and you're right. It does feel like a week ago. It's amazing how well you can rest in the bathhouse. <laughs> so, my planes and Kari's just kind of like holding her head, like cartoon anime style. <clears throat> so he I would he would go he would go find a map. Uh, as as you're gonna say what you're saying, he's gonna go find like a map of like known ley lines that he mm-hmm. like would have at the collegium but yeah go continue what you're gonna say sorry uh no because i have this traveler in darkness i have advantage <laughs> on intelligence arcana checks to learn about a particular shadow road and how it function functions were mm-hmm. there any shadow roads previously that were in the uh like where cloak was getting wailed on no um well all right so shadow roads are tricky uh as far as you I know, know that they can appear sometimes through like moments of great sadness or death or anything like that. Right. Uh, so the Shadow Road, uh, th- this one is kind of the name from which all others sprang, uh, or at least it's named after the very concept because it's one of the most prominent ones because it goes directly to the courts of the Shadow Fae. Um, the Shadow Road has, there's many possible ways that the doorway to it or from it can open, and you need to know some sort of. Uh, proper ritual to make that happen. Uh, you guys have seen it performed once or twice when you were you know, traveling with those caravans that go between the realms. Um, the uh, Or you've heard of uh, magic items, uh, little magical trinkets from, from ancient times that allow you greater control over uh, use of fey or shadow roads. Um, however, those are incredibly rare, and if you have one, they are incredibly sought after. Mm-hmm. Um, the entrances to the Shadow Road that you know of were not down below. They were either on the river 
or on one of the larger roads in Zobek itself, toward the uh, the north of the city. All right. Kari kind of nods her head and takes all of that so into account. So it sounds like uh, so you have you have traveler in darkness. You're able to grasp that what Cloak is talking about when he draws on that energy. He's not exactly pulling from the specific road or gateway itself. It's just sort of mm-hmm. it creates an ambience, uh, and that energy sort of bleeds through the local environment. So he's able to grab and manipulate those sorts of energies that just kind of stretch everywhere uh, to even just a tiny extent. For that, that's enough for Kari to want to go back down there and investigate again. She just okay. kind of nods as though she understands everything that Cloak is saying, even though half of it is kind of going over her head. And uh, like I imagine it's like he has a book in front of her and he's showing ley lines and it's like wah <laughs> Every now and then she hears uh, the word shadow and she's like, What? Yeah, okay. Uh, yes. So, uh, so you guys uh, kind of finish up your research for now, and uh, and you can all kind of reconvene uh, and and continue with the old uh, the Black Shield uh, Silk Scabbard Stakeout. So a couple of nights pass, and one evening you're all present at the Silk Scabbard. Um, let's see, Glaz, you've just finished up uh, a, a game of Dragon Chess with uh, with Valia. Uh, she just barely managed to beat you. And uh, she took her leave to go and uh, handle whatever she needs to do for the rest of the night. Um, Cloak and Kari, you're probably uh, comparing some notes over one of the uh, one of the things you found in your research, talking about the uh, the ley lines. Um, and Riodan, you're probably chatting someone up over a drink and maybe playing a hand of cards, something along those lines. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so about that time, the Gate, uh, the the front door opens, and there's that uh, that heavy muscled sort of bouncer uh, keeping watch, making sure no trouble uh, no trouble comes in. And you see what looks like potential trouble stroll right in. The sort of corpulent, slightly portly, muscular but gone a bit to pot uh, form of Vandessian Thrick. You recognize him immediately from all of the uh, stakeout and watch that you did of him down in the. Uh, cartways a few nights past. He comes in. Uh, he has one other person with him. It's that uh, that woman that was seated at his table uh, that you recall seeing. And he sort of steps in, uh, chats a little bit with the bouncer who kind of, uh, you know, banters back with him as if they know each other. Uh, Thrick claps the bouncer on the shoulder, gives him a wave, and, and heads toward the bar. Am I, he, am I there? Oh yeah, yeah, you're there. You're there, chatting with okay. Kari at one of the, with uh, sitting at one of the booths. So you guys all all notice this entrance. It's not you know particularly uh, uh, boisterous or drawing much attention to himself. It really is kind of you know medium key given everything else going on in the silk scabbard at, you know, of an evening. Uh, but you're on a bit of high alert, and he's the the one of the people you're waiting for. So you you twig to him immediately. He uh, he heads uh, up to the bar. Oh yeah. Oh, no, I just wanted to ask before I forget to mark it off my character sheet. Uh, how much did the bathhouse run us, gold-wise? Oh, um, I don't know. We'll, we'll say you guys didn't go too extravagant. We'll say five gold for the lot of you. <laughs> Not too extravagant, but extravagant enough. I'll, I'll pay yeah. for it. Yeah, if you guys okay. if you guys really want to want to live it up at the Strauss bathhouse, you can. Uh, so okay. he, uh, he heads over to the bar. He chats with the barkeep. Um, and orders himself and his uh, companion a drink. 
she accepts it and kind of takes up a, a seat at the bar with her back against the counter, just kind of looking out over the room sort of nonchalantly. You all are seasoned enough warriors and adventurers at this point to know that she is very carefully scanning the room and uh, keeping track of who's where and whoever might be drifting near her boss in particular. Uh, he kind of takes his drink, uh, looks like he's got something in the in the way of a mead in a, in a bit of a kind of a large mug rather than a wine glass. And he just sort of, uh, he doesn't take a seat. He scans across the joint until his eyes fall upon I, I want see. to do this. This is what, what I do? want to do. Well, as soon yeah, as they like do. come up, like I, I'm like eating food and I see them and I see her, uh, as I see the, the lady start turning around, I want to mm-hmm. stealth up um, unnoticed. And then uh, as they both like turn around, I'm standing right there in front of them. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. So uh, so so he kind of turns around and starts looking around and then he just kind of starts back a moment looks down at you and, and cants his head to the side, and then smiles, this big, broad smile, and says, Well, perfect. Just the man I was looking for. Yeah, uh, how's corn? I'm sorry? Oh, never mind. <laughs> he, uh, he, he looks over at, his, uh, at his, his companion and just kind of gives her a look and she relaxes just a bit. And uh, he looks down at you and he says, so might I uh, buy you and your friends a drink? Which ones are my friends? I'm... Uh, he kind of <laughs> he glances up and says, uh, the Trollkin Shadowfey and the uh, Dapper Dampier. I don't see... I don't see the bounty hunter, but that's that's fine enough. Bounty hunter? Oh, wait, right. King. I will. I will. Say. <laughs> oh, it's like we're all here. We've got one episode like, object permanent. It's just like yeah. <laughs> here you go. I heard drinks. I'm a child, okay. <laughs> So he uh, fuck you, he, dude. He, he talks to one of the. Uh, he talks to one of the servers and says, uh, and he points over to the, the booth table where uh, Kari and Cloak are located. And he says, uh, my friends and I will be taking that table. Uh, come over in a moment, and I'd like you to take their orders. Put whatever they wish on my tab. And he sort of uh, flashes her that, uh, that, that broad smile again and then kind of gestures to Cloak toward the table and says, shall we? Lead the way, friend. If you're, if you're giving Riordan access to your tab, I hope you have a lot of gold. He, uh, he, he smiles sort of slyly and says, well, tonight we're all friends. I look at Cloak like, are we all friends? Like, what's going on, buddy? I, I just kind of nod uh, at the moment because uh, we're, we're, we're in a public area. So yeah, um, nice. very public. I think Raritan probably understands the only like, uh, uh, I, I want to say ethics that's going on right now. It's, it's like shady people like hanging out together. Right. Like they have like, you know, etiquette. do not fuck with areas. Yeah, yeah. etiquette. That's what I was looking for. Uh, yep. It's it's very much like a, an etiquette kind of thing. Like you wouldn't go into a church and start pooping on the floor or anything. But, uh, <laughs> That's the first thing would... you think of with etiquette. Just, really? You would yeah. see the crowd. All right, so, so, so Glass. Dude, you had the <laughs> high round and you just fucking lost it so fast. So Glass <laughs> Riordan. Life. 
<laughs> Laz and Riodan were, uh, were off on their own, so he sort of uh, kind of motions to both of you to come join. Uh, Glaz does. I mean, he come he comes over, um, and uh, oh look, it's who we were looking for. And he uh, he sort of uh, smiles back at you. He says, "Yes, uh, I must say you did excellent work the other night. I've been looking forward to meeting all of you in person. Shall we sit?" Wait, Sorry, what work are we talking about? Saving everyone in the cartways. Oh, the uh, that unfortunate incident at the auction. Well, it oh, was just a okay, little yeah. bit of the geomancy that I wanted to cast. I've really been wanting to try out that spell. It, it was uh, quite a quite handy. Uh, so as you all get settled in, the, uh, the server comes around and takes takes your orders. If anyone wants to order drinks and take Thrick up on his offer, uh, I Cloak has his own food and he's drinking his own water that he had there previously. Got it. Glass will order some mead. Yep. So anyone who passes, he says the offer is open. Should you change your mind or require another round? So, interesting few days. Interesting indeed. Well, I'll come right to the point. I was quite impressed with how you all comported yourselves when the ghost folk made their escape attempt. Well, for some of them, I suppose it was an attempt. Others, it was quite successful. Unfortunately, it seems the leadership survived. Perhaps we'll see them again. Yes, that's quite yeah, a quick spell that she came up with. To whisk them away. I was not pleased. She was very... She was not a very nice person. I don't think any well, what, of them were nice, Claus. What I noticed is that of all the people present, you seemed to be the most quick to react and the most decisive to act. And I appreciate that. I value that. And I think there might be a place for that in my organization. If I read you correctly, and you might be the adventurous or mercenary type looking for work. I'm looking at everyone else to see what their faces look like. Uh, is there a possibility of us learning something new by going on this adventure? Class. Well, I don't have any particular adventure to offer you at the moment. I thought uh, it would be presumptuous. So I, I wished to meet us, uh, to meet face to face, and uh, and then we'll go from there. But there's always what is opportunity. it exactly that you want us to do? As much as I love well, being again. a civil servant, it's not what I was exactly born to do. I like to hunt. <laughs> I like to move. Oh no, 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 my dear. There's nothing civil about this service. I run a mercenary company. You understand? I supply soldiers. Uh, to those who pay well and treat well. And you are individuals of rare quality and talent. I have clients, and I know of others, and perhaps there's an endeavor or two that could use hardy souls such as yourselves. And there's good, good coin to be earned if you're interested. Mm. Gold is something that doesn't really matter to me as the rise and fall of civilizations. It doesn't have long standing. I'm more akin to my friend Glass here, where I would prefer to learn and experience new things. What things can you offer for experiences? Well, it depends on what you're interested in, I suppose. The Black Shields have taken work in various different places throughout the crossroads, even into the Seven Cities up toward the Blood Kingdoms, depending on 
how feisty some of your countrymen are feeling. And he kind of throws a playful look toward toward Riodan. It mm. seems there's always war brewing in the Dark Kingdoms these days. Well, speaking of darkness, what, what about uh, deep down in the cartways uh, below... Uh... What district were we in in the first episode? Uh, let's see. You guys were below the Collegium district, I believe. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, uh, below the Collegium, uh, there's an interesting uh, place down there where uh, there was some clientele uh, that we just so happened to run into. Um, they had uh, lovely tattoos that matched, uh, you know, your companion over there. Um who, who are those people? And uh, I'm going to... Can I roll perception? Or not perception, uh, persuasion? Um, well, there's no particular need to roll persuasion at this point. Um, okay. So he says, all right, so... Uh, I'm sorry, you, you encountered some of my people in the cartways. Oh, yeah. Whatabouts was this? How long has it been? I have it's, it's, been it's, it's been about two weeks. Maybe just a little bit. Maybe just a hair longer, yeah. Uh, like two weeks ago. So he, uh, he kind of leans back and he thinks. And he says, ah, yes. And he wrinkles his nose, like, uh, as he recalls the, uh, the, the particular incident you're referring to. It seems to, um, not sit very well with him. That doesn't seem to be directed at you guys. It seems like he just is looking back on um, nasty business that he'd rather not, almost. And he says, mm -hmm. ah, well, as I say, uh, we are mercenaries, and we hire our services out to those who can pay. I mm -hmm. pride myself on being a decent judge of character and employers, but... As a humble man, I will have to admit that sometimes I make mistakes. And it seems, in the instance you're referring to, I made a mistake. What I thought was going to be a very simple protection routine turned into be something quite a bit nastier. So I take it that that was your handiwork, then, that left my men dead in the cartways. Yeah, they had weird umbral tattoos all over them, so I don't know if they're really your men anymore. Uh, they might have he, uh, joined that weird person's cult. He he kind of uh, makes a, a a face like he just smelled something foul and nods once, and he says, "Yes, they they were hired. They failed to check in, and then they didn't return at what was supposed to be the job's completion." What was the it job's was there completion? After, it was thereafter that. Mm -hmm my people found them dead. So, I heard about those strange markings, and the, uh, he kind of looks around and his brow furrows, the dark things found in the cartways in and about that area. I think I don't need to go into much detail then, if you were present, yes? Uh, no. Beaver, though, you know. I am less than pleased that the Black Shields were drawn into such a sordid business. That is not our stock in trade. Mm. I was more curious, who hired you for that job? Hmm. He, he smiles and looks at you, Cloak, and he says, before we get to that, should we discuss a few other of my men killed in the cartways more recently? 
Oh, you mean the ones that are upset because they don't understand a curious nature? Yes, those. I kind I mean, of... Kari puts a hand up to her face and just... <laughs> I mean, if they were more well-trained, I mean... I, I was just a, a weak little gnome. Again? Um, <laughs> and I, I, I do apologize, but, you know... When you get hit with the club a couple times, you have to make an example of someone. You probably understand. He he, he smiles Sorry and says... hiding her face in a cup at this point because <laughs> she just can't. He smiles and says, apology accepted. But not entirely okay. warranted. My men were stupid. They misjudged you. And they acted in a manner that was exceedingly ill-advised. Your handling of them is part of what impressed me so. When I realized that it was that same curious individual that I spied in the black market who was later asking questions and uh, had that unfortunate encounter with a few of my newer recruits, well, that was just far too intriguing to pass up. So my apologies yes. for uh, for my men behaving so rudely. And uh, let us think nothing of it. It's rare to find a man that will apologize for his men's actions. You are different. And she raises a cup of water because she uh, doesn't drink. He, he returns the, the, the little toast with his, his mug and takes a sip and he says, not at all. I'm the, I'm the leader of these men. They're my responsibility. Their actions reflect on me, both good, both good and ill. Can I roll insight? Yeah, yeah absolutely. May uh, I also roll insight? Like this man. You may, yes. Yeah. He's very charming. I, I'm, I'm kind of picking oh, up what he's putting down. Oh, man, that's nice. Nice. And a net 20 for Cloak. Okay, so we've got a 19, we have a net 20 resulting in a 23 for Cloak. Uh, yeah, you guys get the read that he is being perfectly above board and sincere with you. He seems um, annoyed and a little embarrassed at the way his... Partially at the way his men kind of handled that situation, also that they got freaking schooled as, as badly as they did. Um, but that goes down to they misread that situation. They had no business screwing with you in the manner that they did, and at least some of them got what they deserved, and the rest will probably be better for it. I mean, they're not all dead. Correct. Um, so uh, he would be like, I, I think I know water under the bridge, you know? Um so Delightful. it's Well go ahead with your proposal. Well, I've made my proposal. Uh I suppose it's up to you to discuss and see if you wish to uh sign on with the Black Shields for any interesting, enlightening, and possibly lucrative work we have in the future that might benefit from your talents. But you expressed an interest in who hired the Black Shields for that uh Sordid, shadowy business a few weeks back, nay? Yeah. Unfortunately, there's little I can tell you on that front. But I can tell you a little. The individual who approached me and who engaged our services for far more coin than I would have asked for, I might add, and perhaps that should have been my first clue that something was amiss. As I said, I admit it when I make mistakes. This individual approached us and engaged us for what was supposed to be simple security work. Uh, strong arms, quick blades to see that his endeavors were kept private 
and uh, were not interrupted by any of his uh, rivals or competitors. And when I say this individual engaged us, I should clarify. I did not speak with the person who commissioned us. I dealt with a middleman. He took great pains to conceal his true identity. He told me his name, which turned out to be false. I had him followed and was able to determine who he actually is. His name was Dervin Solzig. And he is a man who works for the family Zealous. And when he says that name, uh, those of you who have spent uh, some time around uh, around Zobek uh, kind of perk up because that is that is a name well known. That is one of the more influential families uh, in the city. They're not uh, they're not up you know top tier necessarily of the you know for lack of a better term aristocratic families of Zobek but they're uh, they're a force to be reckoned with uh Zealous they tend to deal in and Glaz and Riodan you guys would know this for sure uh they tend to deal in botanicals um uh, rare plants, both importing them and uh, greenhousing and growing them here in Zobek. And a lot of those plants are used for alchemy and um, spell component purposes. It's hmm. interesting. I'm not uh, certain who among the Zealous family engaged our services, but I'm certain that the individual sent to do the negotiations and handle the payment works for them. Do you what, what do you know what he looks like? Uh yes, yes, I do believe I can I can get you a description of him. Sure. Uh and he kind of uh leans back and takes a long drink from his mug and he says, uh, uh he's a is a human. He's a young man, perhaps not yet thirty. Uh he is slight of build, but very quick. And I got the sense that he is stronger than his frame would betray. I, uh, I suspect that he is no stranger to blade work. He has uh, bright blonde hair and blue eyes. Curiously, though, one of his eyes is quite a bit lighter than the other. Which one? Uh, the right, I believe it was. What is that condition called again? It's, uh, it's of the sea. I'm writing down this description because I'm hunting. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. Um, I mean, that's a lot of information. Consider so, it uh, an offering in good faith. Uh, I'm not. I'm not looking to join an organization, but if you need some, like third-party assistance with something, you can gladly contact me and I'll see if I'm available to help you out with the work. He, uh, he considers that for a moment. He nods once in uh, just maybe like a, a slightly disappointed but accepting fashion. And he says, uh, well, should you ever change your mind, uh, you can find, you can leave message for me here uh, and occasionally at the Wheat Chief Tavern, if not down in the Cartway's Black Market, if you feel like getting a little dirty. I never get dirty. <laughs> I look at him like that is a full-face <laughs> lie, but I say nothing. Kind of once again taking my cup and putting it to my face, but this time not in the defense of my friend. <laughs> and, uh, my offer, of course, is uh, open and extended to each of you, uh, as well as as well as your other friend, uh, the one with the owl, not present. Where has he been? 
I don't know, but with Kane, who can be certain? Meow, this is lying kind of, somewhere. Just kind of. <laughs> so, uh, he finishes his drink, and uh, he says, uh, well, I think perhaps that's enough for tonight. Uh, I'm feeling a bit sporting, so I'm going to take my leave. With your kind permission, of course. It was a great pleasure to meet you as well. Uh, one question. Uh, do you have a, uh, uh, a moniker, a name that you call yourselves that I might, uh, that I might know you collectively by? We totally don't have one of those yet. Oh, it's that time. Wait, it's, it's that time. Sort of, time. Next week. Sort of, um, <laughs> yeah, sort of, he sort of, he sort of, he looks at the pregnant uh, pause and smiles knowingly and says, ah, well, perhaps something to consider then. It, uh, it seems like you might be worth branding a little bit. And he sort of, uh, taps the side of his neck which uh, maybe that makes your skin crawl a little bit when he taps his, you know, very intricate tattoo there. And he says, a pleasant, a pleasant evening to you all. And he turns and heads off into the silk scabbard. And that is where we will leave it for this evening. Why don't we have a name yet? We gotta think of it's a name like real quick. Yeah, this episode 14, because we've got like a couple left in the seasons. <laughs> I, this is, yeah, it's the first group where it hasn't like just we stumbled upon something. We've kind of just been blundering our way through. We should, you know, we should take. We'll take submissions. We can take these via the Discord. There's a the World Tree Burns has its own channel there in Discord. So throw out yeah. some more suggestions to us over the course of next week, and maybe part time it comes to next week. We've got some ideas that we can throw around uh, and come uh, up on to answer Mr. Frick's question. Uh, but holy moly, oh, one other thing as well, as we are wrapping up tonight, I'm opening up the giveaway for the tabletop loot dice, so exclamation point loot in Loot! But, loot. uh, man, big thank you again goes to Cobalt Press for sponsoring and supporting tonight's show. If you want to check it out for yourselves, go ahead and do so. Midgard is awesome and it's great fun, and we're coming towards the end. I thought you said, please don't, and I was please like, don't. whatever you do, check it out. <laughs> don't check it out. <laughs> 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 I don't know which way is up. Uh, but yeah, definitely go and check it out. It's been uh, a lot of fun. We're coming towards the end of this season of The World Tree Burns. Um, and yes. uh, we've got some exciting news coming up about a possible next season. So, uh, but let's go around the cast and crew. Holy moly, that was fun. Um, did we enjoy ourselves? And of course, where can we find you wonderful folks online? Dan Dillon, fab job as always. How is that one? Oh, thank you very much. Uh, I had a great time tonight. It was uh, it was cool mopping up some loose ends from last week, which ended on a ragged cliffhanger, and uh, and, and yeah, getting back into dealing with Thrick and seeing what his deal is, and uh, I think maybe defying a few expectations of what what he and that whole deal would be like. Uh, so yeah, that was a blast for me. Um, thank you very much, guys. I, I look forward to this every week. I uh, I can be found on the Twitter at Dan underscore Dylan underscore one, right, uh, right above my name there, if you're watching us on the live. Uh, I love chatting D&D. I love talking about Rangers and anything you want to talk about. So hit me up on there anytime. Talk Midgard, talk D&D in general, whatever. I play a ranger. I know. We have two <laughs> rangers in this game. <laughs> So happy. I play a ranger. We never talk about it. Uh, <laughs> great stuff. Tia, how was that? 
That was really, really good. I enjoyed this episode a lot, uh, especially the freaky, weird bathhouse bonding that we did with the whole slapping of chunks of dead body. Um, I'm surprised that... Yeah, I'm really surprised, actually, about the Blackguard approaching us, and, like, part of the back of my brain is going, like, this is a trap! This is a horrible idea! But on the other hand, that guy's just so fucking charming, it's like, I'll, I'll do whatever you ask me to. Like, sure, let's let's fucking do it. You... So, no. I don't know. The yeah. George Clooney <laughs> of Midgard. <laughs> So that was, yeah, this was amazing, and I spent a lot of time actually reading up on a lot more Midgard stuff today. I was posting some of the spells in chat today. You guys really need to get this, and welcome to uh, um, Fragged, who is asking about the, the um, is it Clockwork? No, not Clockwork. I'm thinking Clockwork Orange. Gearforge, there we go. Uh, yeah. The Gearforge people, like, there's just so much going on in Midgard that is totally different than any other world setting and super involving and you guys should definitely check it out i'm laura lanya you can find me here on tuesdays all fucking day because this is my role play home of choice uh and i'm stealing will's moniker as the world's greatest role player so he's always super thrilled when i say that and you can join discord here on encounter Roleplay and check that out and i might be streaming in like 15 minutes with our dear friend zippy um who sometimes comes here on encounter Roleplay as well we might go play some uh, World of Warcraft on EU Airy Peak. So if you play well, come and join us. And if you want to know how to do that, join the Encounter Roleplay Discord and we'll tell you how. We should probably have a channel for that, the Encounter Roleplay Discord. Yeah, I think so, because we keep we like advertising in places. Yeah, let's I'm gonna do that. Uh, awesome. Tool School, how is that? Always a blast. Always fun to play Glass. Um, always interesting. I got a giant a bunch of lore and you know, speaking of cool things to Midgard uh, I have a geomancer who does leyline magic which is from their deep magic uh, supplements and also in their world book and tonight found a rune from their rune magic uh, deep yes. magic stuff so you'll be seeing more of that stuff in the way uh, magic works a little differently in Midgard but it's still uh, all D&D coolness uh, so it's familiar and not like whole new systems but lots of new and interesting spells. Uh, also, it turns out all four of the spells in the notes are things that Glaz can cast. So he's going to be scribbling uh. those down into his spell book and uh, <laughs> have lots of new shadow options in his uh, repertoire. So that's kind of cool. Uh, I am Tall Squall. You can find me all over the internet as Tall Squall. Uh, finding me here on uh, this channel, on the Dungeon and Dragons channel, uh, coming up on Thursday at one o'clock eastern time and also on my own channel uh we're at two o'clock on saturdays for my campaign that we run 100 percent for charity if you'd like to come and check it out it's called the vice um see y'all around it's been a lot of fun awesome stuff and last but not least mccloken hi you might recognize me from how to barter with criminals or infernal for dummies um yeah uh <laughs> Welcome, everyone. Thank you for hanging out. Uh, I do I do enjoy that you guys uh, hung out. Uh, this was very a Cloak-centric episode. Cloak kind of sits it back most of the time, makes wisecracks. But this episode, it was more like you got to see Cloak is kind of the talker of the group, which, because he has advantage on persuasion roles. And, He's also uh, a fucking he, badass in combat, though, and I did not see that coming, not going to lie. 
Uh, that was that was a little bit of strategy on my part because they lit up, and so he he realized that you know they were hiding in the shadows, and they uh, and I, it was really kind of a risky move because he knocked out the light, and then he went to go watch. If any of them could see in the dark, he was going to get the fuck out of there. But since he had advantage in the darkness, that's when he started kind of fucking around with them, killed one. And then uh, carved infernal in his uh, forehead, which if anyone could read that, um, he would be he would be wary of that. But no one said anything that they could read it. So uh, I I put little things there just to see how people are. But um, uh, that fight the fight was very well played, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> that's a that's twenty six years of D and D experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh yeah i had a lot of fun tonight uh i I like uh i like playing cloak cloak is very uh childlike whimsical and then when shit hits the fan he's very much someone you want in your corner um but uh and i liked uh the 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 library scene you know with the you know finding information and then kind of like trying to teach kari and I imagine, like, it's like when sometimes, you know, uh, Reardon, like, listens to Glass and he's, like, just in one ear, out the other. Um, but uh, that, I like how the dynamics are forming. I say it every episode, but, like, every every week, the dynamics with the characters is so fascinating to me as they, like, grow and the bonds grow. And now mm. we really have to come up with the team name and also the uh, the... The possibility of joining a gang because when he was propositioning <laughs> us and people were just like hmm i was like are we joining a fucking gang now like holy fuck. i kind of think we my... might be though i mean think about the resources <laughs> i'd be a gangster them. i'm into it red ends i have Oh, holy shit, this game is fun. Um, yeah. yeah, every... Oh yeah, where can we follow you, Miglokum? Oh, uh, yeah, I, I have a show I run once a week on Mixer.com slash StoryQuest, uh, and I'm on a few other shows. Uh, just follow me at my Twitter, uh, at Miglokum, uh, and then you can find out what, what crazy shenanigans I'm up to on Twitter. Uh, and I also tweet out uh, a show uh, uh, Metamancer does, my lovely partner, crime she's doing a show thursday nights here uh called the the king's hustle uh city of mist campaign i like shouting that one out because i love city of mist and i love uh her campaign storytelling so uh please come back here and watch that uh, wonderful show <laughs> like, like gangs awesome. of midgard gangs of zobek uh <laughs> gangs of zobek. Our next our next <laughs> season like we just we, we totally like got badass like crew poses on the posters yeah nope. i'm about that my, my, my um, i've been trying to think of your side. name this entire time and i can't come up with shit for us because we're such uh, a bunch of fucking whack jobs i am taking a week <laughs> i mean it could be whack yep. jobs you know but that might come off the take, wrong way take a little time sleep on it get your brain juices back it. and yep. then That's chat right on it on the discord or on our on our group on our group Absolutely. Uh, direct message Yes, if you guys aren't in the Discord, definitely come in and join us. Uh, we're back tomorrow on Encounter Roleplay at the time of 1pm Eastern, and it's Call of Cthulhu. It is the official uh, Call of Cthulhu stream now, which is fucking dope. Uh, we've got episode Ooh. one of Masks of Nihilaftep, which I am super nervous, but super excited about. So come and join us then. 
want to support the fantastic crew uh, who uh, has been working with me for the past year on uh, making Call of Cthulhu a thing here on the channel and Chaos Zoom is supporting us and it's the official live stream so I'm super excited so come and join us tomorrow. Uh, oh, uh, also I'll put announcements out tomorrow but there's no Warhammer and there's no Star Trek tomorrow uh, and that's because people are traveling and all sick but we do have Call of Cthulhu ones we'll see then. Oh, the winner for the tabletop loot dice is horribly bad at this. Congratulations my friend on winning uh, a second tabletop You're apparently oh, not that bad. Apparently <laughs> not, not bad enough. Try harder. Uh, we're gonna go host and rate a random person. Oh wait, who's that? My girlfriend, Sydney. She's streaming yeah, right now. Crazy. So she's oh, well. Uh, yeah, go so well. out right now. So uh, go Let's and go. enjoy the stream. We'll see you in a minute over there. Let's love you guys. Until next time, try to show too many that ones. We'll be laughing when you do. Bye. Goodbye, Bye. everybody. Bring gangs of your like friends. Bye. A clock in yeah. daggers. <laughs>